One of us smells like a tart's handkerchief. I'm afraid it's me. I'm sorry about that, old boy. Do you expect me to talk? No, who, Mr. Bond? I expect you to die. Diamonds are forever Hold one up and then caress it Touch it, stroke it and undress it I can see every part Nothing hides in the heart to hurt me I don't need Welcome to another exciting edition of Do You Expect Us To Talk? This is episode number eight. I'm your host, Rebecca Andrews, and I'm joined by my fellow 007 fans, Dave Bond and Chris Byrne. Hello! This... hello. Sorry, I, th- I thought I'd just hello. say hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> this week, we're discussing the 1971 Bond film Diamonds Are Forever, starring Sean Connery, Jill St. John, Charles Gray and Lana Wood, and directed by Guy Hamilton. So, what did we think? Uh, shall I go first? Yes, please. Mm. Okay. Where do we start? <laughs> um, right, okay, where do we... St- Diamonds are forever. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's a funny one. It's it's It seems to be one of the bonds that seems to be on telly the most, even now. And it's really strange thinking that it's actually one of the weaker ones. I mean, we've all kind of approached this going like, oh, God, it's pretty much the worst one, in our opinions. Um... And it kind of is. I mean, it's still watchable, but for my standards, that is pretty, pretty fucking low. Uh, <laughs> as as, uh, as I'm sure my colleagues will attest to. <laughs> my... um, for any like newcomers or any listeners like new to the Bond franchise, Diamonds Are Forever is considered probably the absolute nadir of the Connery era and probably one of the worst films in the series. It's but is it though? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure because it's quite collect- like. Fans of the Bond genre is very eclectic, so people would probably consider um, diamonds as as pretty reasonable, you know. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there are people out there who rate it as one of the top movies. I mean, Die Another Day that is the absolute bottom. That's probably for me personally, it's the worst of the worst. But um, I'm sure there are fans out there who rate Diamonds are forever pretty high. So yeah, fair yeah. news. Yeah, but I, I, the thing is, though, at least with Die Another Day, you got like so much going on that you just kind of laugh it off. This just kind of feels for a film set in Vegas. It's very unglamorous, and it just feels very kind of dirty yeah, and that trashy. Up, that's, that's really well summed up there, I think. And and seeing it's it's called Diamonds of Forever, it's it should be sparkly and kind of like almost like gold Goldfinger, funnily enough. Cause it's directed by Gary Hamilton, but I I just feel it just I think what what kills it is Connery doesn't give a shit clearly. I mean, he has he has his moments, but he's literally there picking up a paycheck, really. And it just is dull. It just I, I, like yeah. I mean, if if you, I mean, I've watched it like about twice now, and um, like this past week, and I'm still unsure what the whole thing with the diamonds are. I really, just, I'm still like, yeah, I I'm not. I couldn't I couldn't honestly tell you. 
that's how much I, that that's how much involved in in the film as I was. Um, but it has its moments, uh, which we'll get into. I'm sure. Dave, what did you think? <laughs> you picked a really bad. We, we've uh, of the last three weeks, we've postponed not the last three weeks, but the last three episodes, including this one. We've postponed two of our recording slots. One was completely unavoidable, and another one was to stop us getting too far ahead of ourselves. And when you think the middle film of that is my favourite in the entire series, and it's the ones either side that have been postponed, which means because I want to come into the film remembering it well and remembering lines, both of the last two Connery ones I've had to watch multiple times. <laughs> so I'm really grateful we postponed this slot. I could have watched it last week, got it out of the way, and we would have been on the road to something else. As it is, I've watched it once with the commentary, and then I watched it properly. And then a week a, a week and a half later, I've had to do the same thing. And it's <laughs> Sorry. really... Sorry. It's really cheap and nasty, this film. It's production. Would, would nasty be the right word? I mean, it, I mean, nasty is a bit harsh. Would you say? I mean, it, I, 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 just as in the phrase "cheap and nasty." Okay, it, it's just it's it's. Um, I mean, production budget is is down again this week. Majesties was done on eight million, against you only lives twice is nine and a half, and we're down to seven point two. Which you'd think, well, okay, you don't have the, you know, skiing and all the exotic locations and all the rest of it. But you've also got a far, far more expensive leading man tonight. We've, we've now got Connery's then world record fee to build into this. Um, and it, ju- it feels made on the cheap. It's got no sparkle to it, as you said, Chris. And I just think it makes a lot of... I, I, I'm quite interested to go through the film because I think a lot of the casting is ill thought through. I think the plotting is, well, it's not exactly that it's confusing. It's just, I think at key points in the film, you start zoning out. And it, it's its second half is very, very dull. So it doesn't have the spectacular car wreck fun to it. It's just very boring, very badly cast, terrible dialogue, poor leading man, and a very, very cheaply designed, very cheap looking film. I didn't have much fun with this at all. I mean, to be fair, it does. It is majority set in Vegas, which is it feels like just like, like an ashtray, you know. Oh, and, that, and that kind of how I mean, it doesn't Bond sleep in an ashtray shaped bed with Jill St. John at some point? Well, no, yeah. but there is a point where she he's got an ashtray on his chest just after the. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it it, a bit like that. Yeah, I don't know if it's meant to be a waterbed or what? But I mean, the casino you do see when they go to get. Um, you know, you just see the slot machines and, and the lockers there. I don't know if the lockers are at the airport or at the casino. But everything just looks very tired. It, you know, it, it's like you've gone to stay in a hotel that hasn't had, a, hasn't had any sort of decoration for 20, 30 years. Yeah, it, um, it, it feels like just like a step above a 70s TV cop show, mm, if, that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and it looks tacky. You know, and, yeah. I mean, Vegas and, and the use of the gangsters as well to it anyway. But yeah, this is Vegas before it's the modern Vegas we know. And there are just scenes where you know it, it could almost be Blackpool or some Skegness or something. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's not a very good-looking film, and unfortunate. And and I'm quite susceptible to that. I'm quite susceptible a to pretty films, and not only that, I'm I struggle. We've just come out of a very, very attractive era of films. 
and we've hit the 70s and, and hit the skids at the same time. And it's it's a difficult one. I mean, this is a difficult review for me simply because it follows my favourite. Now, what I don't want to do, it can go one of two ways. You can either start slagging it by association. Yeah, you say, or, like, oh, if yeah, only Lazy Me was in it. and. Was, the other yeah. thing you end up you might end up doing is is almost overcompensating and saying well you know they they they're managing to look at the camera and say their lines accurately it's brilliant um the the, the truth is i i don't i've i've tried as much as i can to forget majesties except it's a new era i'm certainly looking forward to doing that with the roger moore era but the fact is we've got most of the the brains trust we've talked about still intact and they've produced this and it really is a shocker after what we've had for the last six weeks. I think that's why a lot of people struggle because, like, Majesties is for for most people. It's really up there with with the top in the top five, and then Diamonds is just like a complete, you know, removal of everything that's great about the series. Really. Um, how, how, how well did Diamonds do? Do you know, uh, Dave? Yes, I do. It did. It, it's it's not reaching the heights of fun. This is not adjusted for inflation. This is this is just flat figure. Um, as, as you might recall, last week, uh, the film took about 80, 81. The week before, You Only Live Twice took 111 at the worldwide box office, 43 of that in North America. This film's almost identical. So something like it's nearly 44 in North America, okay. about 116 worldwide. So they've stopped the bleeding, if you like, on the series. Um, it hasn't hit. It, it hasn't hit Thunderball Heights again. But, you know, all phenomenons must end. But this is a solidly successful film. Yeah, I, I things that I can kind of, I mean, I wasn't around at the time, but I kind of see like, oh, Bond's return to form, and it's like, oh, look, Sean Connery, and you look at it, and you think, it really isn't. <laughs> it, no, really, it really what isn't. It, what, I mean, I won't, I won't start spouting figures around, but what will put the quote success of this film into into context is two weeks time, uh, next week, or not next week actually, but when we get to the next film. Yes. Um, because Living and Let Die massively overshadows the success of this. Yeah, uh, we'll get. In, I suppose we'll get into that. But I think it was just. I think it's just the heft of like having Connery back was like, oh yeah, Connery. Because after like, after like Connery's been replaced by someone, someone we don't even know. Yeah, and then, unknown, wasn't he? Yeah, and not, not a bit. He was totally unknown. Yeah, completely. Um, <laughs> the guy having for... Sean back doesn't improve things at all, unfortunately. It it really doesn't. I mean, he's. I, mm. it, I mean, a a he does look. He, he is out of shape. He does look old. He's starting to look it. And it's just bizarre because he's forty. He looks At fifty. Yeah, he really yeah. hasn't bothered. He yeah, generally looks about. He's reaching. He's least at least reaching his fifties, if not fifty. Daniel Craig looks better now, and he's, you know, he's nothing a... towards it. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's not just. I was I was trying to look at it today and think, well, what is it about this performance? Well, f- well, firstly, yeah, the movement and and everything that goes with being in a certain condition and of a certain age is gone. But Bond isn't very likable in this film, and it's not so much anything he does more than just his whole demeanour. And I've got to think that's kind of linked to Connery not really being that engaged with it. It's not so much that he's phoning it in. It's just more that 
this guy's an asshole in every single way. There's no, there's, it's just a one note performance, and that note is a little bit miserable. It, it's the most juvenile of Connery's, though. It's the one where tone, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's to what it's it's going to sound like a bit of a knock on Roger Moore this, but it does seem like the Connery at his most Roger Moore-ish. Yeah, though the first couple of but Roger but yeah, but at least near that tone. Yeah, but at least with Roger, at least he had a like a present, like a charming, like screen present. So Roger when... Moore always wanted to be there. Yeah, he always came off like he wanted to be there. You can argue about the shape he was in or the age or whatever, but th- this just this is just miserable. It's he, just got he's always he's always enjoyed himself in the film, so and that came mm. out. Yeah, and. Um... I mean, I don't know if this is tonally a, a Roger Moore film or not. It's always been the thing people have, s- have said, and I've kind of agreed with it because it's got a goofier tone. But I think that's more of a sort of overcorrection to last week. But Roger Moore never played Bond the way Connery plays Bond in this film. It, mm. It's kind of... Yeah, he's just kind of a... He's, I, I, I'm struggling to put it into words. He's just not at all likeable in any way. Just going through the motions. I think that's something to do with it. And it starts right from pre-titles. Literally, it's like, I'm Bond, James Bond. It doesn't even bother to put any gusto into it. or You well, didn't get any of that finesse as you did in the casino, the table scene in Doctor No. It's it's really weird because like the, the titles, you, well, you can tell by the whole thing that they're going for. Like, right, well, let's just get through all the shit from the last film straight away. So it's like so. Pre-title is essentially Bond looking for Blofeld because he's like he's on a mission. He wants to avenge the death of his wife Tracy, who isn't even fucking mentioned. So it's like <laughs> it's just like well, we just assume yeah. So it's you, you see uh, Bond off-screen beating up various people, going where is he? Which is really good. Where's Blofeld? You get where is he, and you get this sort of flying foot into the scene. And I think, oh, great, he's really going for it. And that guy slides along the floor and bumps his head into the railings in a really strange fashion. Yes. It's, like it's reversed. It's almost like it's been reversed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been dragged away backwards. from it. One of them says Cairo without moving his lips. Where is Blofeld? And he goes, he says Cairo and his lips don't move. No. And you think, well, this is the sort of attention to detail we're going to get. And and you and it, you, it happens throughout the film. It's a there down, are it's so many scenes there. we'll talk to where you, you'll go... They didn't even spot that. Oh, God. Um, and it's awful. The pre-title sequence is dreadful from then on. Yeah, so basically he gets in for, he, he, find, he goes to Cairo, be, uh, beats up a guy in a fez. He, he tells him, oh, he's at this, puts him to this, like, random woman, and he says the infamous, like, Bond, James Bond. And, yeah, it's like, you you said, you said it before, Dave. It's, it's just like a fucking robot. He's like, he's just like, yeah. James Bond, James Bond. Is the Bond Bond? Yeah. yeah. And then the camera lingers on her choking for way too long. Yeah. yeah I wasn't comfortable with that scene at all. I was like, oh. I, I wasn't uncomfortable he did that for the information. I was uncomfortable for how long the camera lingered on it. No, you get the idea the Bond's got... I, I, my my, my, my uh, attention was drawn on Connery's waistline, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's got a massive tattoo on his arm, which I never noticed before. It's, it's visible in most of his other films. You can, you can see that tattoo in um, Doctor No, and you can see it in Thunderball as well. Maybe yeah. some of the others, but I can just, remember them for those two. I just never noticed it before. It's I think it's like a Scotland Forever tattoo. Yeah, lovely. That's mm. nice. It's not a fault, but I just never noticed it before. So, mm. so yeah, so 
he then gets lead to uh, Blofeld, now played by uh, Charles Gray. Yes. And very uh, great the performances too. <laughs> um, to, I love I'll, it. I'll it's just great. Get on a bit um, okay, so right, so you see from uh, Blofeld's plot that he, he's basically trying this plastic surgery caked in mud. Which I, I, is, is that how plastic surgery works? I, yeah, I know. I, I just kind and of they like deliberately put it on an on tap thing above you, where if someone pulls a rope, that you could easily trip and catch, you'll drown. Yeah, it's well, bizarre. I, well, I, well, his thing was like basically breaks in, and uh, he's like, uh, you meant to think it possibly might be Blofeld. He's having the uh, having his face changed or whatever, but. Um, He's basically in this like mud bath submerged, so he's just yeah. so he's already in there, and then Bond comes in. He's like looking for him, That's and and randomly he draws a gun from them. Like like he's oh yeah, I'll just I'll just have this gun on me, just you know, because you never know. And you know what? Of course it'll work after being submerged in mud. It was just ridiculous, and I I don't know. Do you, do you think it's a bit of a silly death? I mean, I I, I wasn't convinced that. Hang on, you already submerged it's just in mud. Lazy. It's, it's really like lazy. They well, want to fake out that Blofeld has died in the opening credits, um, and so it's just like oh I don't know surgery. I mean, who could it be? Oh, so and again, plastic surgery was becoming a lot more mainstream. So once again, it's Bond. What's the thing of the day? And um, I, it's just a horrible sequence in every way. Yeah. Like, that's never really fully explained, though. I mean, I don't. You're saying, you know, you struggle to understand how the diamonds fit in with it. I struggle to fit in how the plastic surgery fits in with it. Fair enough, you know, it's a thing du jour, but where, where, where does that fit in anywhere in the plot? I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, literally, one scene later on where there's two of them. Yeah, I don't think it's fake, but it's just like, what? Which doesn't, doesn't have a great payoff, to be quite honest. No. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, if anything, just kind of repeats what is already done. Yeah, it's just explaining. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I, I, I don't know, I guess the whole point of it was for that very reason. It's like, well, as many of them, no one really knows how to kill me. No, fair or enough. <laughs> that, or maybe, you know, that there's that kind of thing that Saddam Hussein has uh, apparently had, or I you know, had double as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. So um, I think it was something similar to along those lines. You'd, but, uh, it's again, it's never really fleshed out. It's just kind of just there. It's thrown in there. Yeah. So... Yeah, so, uh, so so essentially, he, he kills the guy, and Blofeld, the real Blofeld, well, supposedly the real Blofeld, turns up and uh, making mud pies to blow someone. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Good impression. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a far more effective in the Rocky Horror Show. Um, so this is why this is why I love Charles Gray in the role. I'm really sorry, but I just must say this: I love him in Rocky Horror, and I love him as Blofeld. He puts every ounce of camp. As he does into Rocky Horror, as he does into Blofeld, Do, and that's why. I love is it. is he your favourite yeah. Blofeld? Um, he maybe. <laughs> I can't remember what he said in previous podcasts, but he's up there for sure. Well, it's only three. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> he's in the top three, Chris. Top three. One. Yeah. To be quite honest, I don't I don't hate him as much as as many do. I don't like him particularly, but um, he's just kind of there. It, it, it's not an offensive performance. It's an offensive dynamic, given what we've just had. I mean, Bond chats to him quite amiably at different points in this film. Um, 
But yeah, how does he kill him again, Chris? Oh, it's he, he wheels him into hot mud, doesn't he? Yeah, like kind of Pretty a hot layer. Welcome to hell, Blofeld. Yeah, and then it cuts to like the the title sequence in a really horrible way. It kind of like you see Blofeld's cap the diamonds, right? And then it just kind of wholly cuts to like. Uh, I, I still it, yeah, he, he, yeah, he kind of zooms into the diamond. You see, he's still yeah, a picture of a cat going around. It, it, it just looks odd and looks horrible. Cheap. Yeah. Cheap and nasty. And then yeah, and then and then the eyes go turns to the diamond, and you can zoom in, and you got the the title suit. And it, yeah, it just looks like oh, that's, that that looks very naff. It, and it then the and title then sequence is extremely seventies all of a sudden. Well, you know, it is it is the decade. I mean, to, to be fair, like. The title sequence is probably the highlight of the film. <laughs> it's what like is what? Yeah, I mean, it's a classic song, and I think uh, the film strives on that song alone. I think, I think, it, majority of its fondness, well, at least for what I can muster, if I can actually comprehend, I think is actually from that song. You know, when people say "Diamonds Are Forever," they think of like the classic song, and then they associate that with the film rather than the film itself. If you that need makes to Shirley Bassey first rather than the actual if movie. That so. makes any sense, yeah. I think it's her best song of the three she did. Mm. I, I, just for me, I mean, I, I actually genuinely like it. Yeah, I'm I a like the Shirley song Bassey well. fan, but I really like the song. Yeah, well, I was told to imagine she was singing about a penis, didn't you? <laughs> well, but... <laughs> it's, it's a probably good song like if, you're, if you're newly single or something, or if you've, you know, you've, or you're a divorced woman, you've had enough of men, you're just like, well. You know, he needs men, I've got diamonds. Rah, rah, rah. Well, I'm going to keep so, the ring. Ah. Undermined slightly by imagine it's a cock. I don't need men, so I'm going to sing about this like it's a cock. <laughs> All right. But no, that's that's a true story. I'm not being crude. John Barry got a couple of performances out of her singing, I mean. Uh, <laughs> and said, imagine it's a penis. Which I just find quite funny. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny when it's like stroke it and caress it. And... Caress it, yeah. Yeah. Never see the song in the same way again. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> well, that's that. Well, <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the pre-title sequence, and then what do we cut to next? Oh, yes. Oh, is it uh, Mr. Wind and Mr. Kit or the? Yes, it does. It cut... yes, oh, it does oh hang on a minute. I've, I've, I'm trying to get the running order right myself. We definitely see Wind and Kit next. With yeah. The Scorpion. Because I think don't we, see, don't we first meet Wind and Kit while Bond's having explained about the the diamond situation? Yeah, that's and it what gets, I thought. I thought yeah. it cut to Bond and M because my first thought was, I, I've joked a lot about Bernard Lee being drunk in most of these scenes. This is the only scene I can think of where I sort of think I can see it. <laughs> he looks very pale. He doesn't look very well. He's not moving very well. And when he sits down with Bond. And they're explaining why they've got to sort of put a lid on it. He sort of turns his head to the guy and sort of nods, and he looks drunk. I I don't like this scene at all, just because I'm very uncomfortable with Bernard Lee's state of health in it. (laughs) He's quite obviously ill, though, isn't he, poor man? Well, I don't know, because, I mean, if you read Bernard Lee's story, his drinking really accelerated a year or two after this, although he was already a drunk. But I just don't think he looks very well here at all. Maybe it's just me. I don't. It doesn't sound like you guys really noticed it. No, I, 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 I don't really. But then I, these things do pass me. I, I, I tend not to spot things like that. Uh, look at the makeup that he wears as well. I mean, it's as if they're trying to. He's not like excessively made up to make him look better than he is. He, he does kind of look a little bit. Mm. 
I mean, the yeah. only the only thing I did spot was that react was that reaction at the end was like, well, we do function in your Rabbles double seven, and he get and he kind of rolls his eyes in he such eyes, in such great. a seventies BBC sitcom kind of way. It's like it's like it's like he's gonna go, oh, Gordon Bennett. It's, it it just looks like really you going for that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you hit this nail on the head there, pretty much. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, um. So yeah, okay. So well. I don't like it's the I don't like the way it's cut together. It's 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 constantly cutting between them and kind of what they're teaching Bond about the diamond industry. Yeah, and it's 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 quite offensively exposition. All these films have it, but it's very it's a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, it's got a lot of basil basil in your face exposition. Well, it's weird because he's like they explain it, then he cuts to like several different scenes. Yeah. Of. Of basically two gay hitmen killing off random people. <laughs> Let's well, talk about she... Wind and Kid, shall we? Okay. Yeah. Carry uh, on. Uh, Mr. Wind, Mr. Kit. Uh... <laughs> Mr. Wind is Bruce Glover, father of Crispin Glover, George McFly in the Back to the Future films. Oh, cool! I know. I did not know that, but I, I, I can actually see that. Bruce Glover. Actually, learn yeah. stuff on this podcast. Yeah, um, and uh, the other guy actually, was I a. I mentioned it another week, so, but obviously I didn't. Yeah, and yeah. the and the other guy was a a jazz musician. Yeah, well, I don't know if he was a singer, but yeah, he was a music musician. Yeah, I Never think he... really acted before. Yeah, I think he played saxophone or something like that. Okay. Um. These. This is possibly they're probably the most divisive thing in the film. A bit like Grace Jones when we get to a view view to a kill, you'll find people. Say they're the one redeeming feature, and you'll see, you'll find people who say they're the worst thing in it. Um, where do you guys fall on them? I like him. I like him more as a concept. Uh, I don't. I think watching this now, they're kind of underserved. I don't think they're given like enough to do. They just kind of potter about randomly. They're not connect. What about you, Becca? Um, yeah, I quite like them as well. I think um, they're this. Well, say the film's redeeming feature, really. Um, they're certainly one of the most memorable um, henchmen, I guess, if you can call yeah, them henchmen. henchmen. I would call them henchmen. Um, they don't give you any memorable performances. I mean, the scenes they were, like they're getting on the um, on the plane for the flight, and it's like, oh, um, she's quite attractive for a lady. And they just get that glare, you think, oh! And... Awkward giggle. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're very memorable, definitely. I think they're just wildly disconnected from the main story. In as It's quite clear that... Blofeld, and it, it, the story's not that well set out. You have to kind of uh, sort of work it out for yourself. But the gist is Blofeld is, is killing off all of the parts of this sort of supply chain of diamonds once he's got everything he wants. And he seems to be using Winton Kid to do that. But you never see him in the same scene as Blofeld, I don't think. No. No, you don't. Um, and, yeah, they're very disconnected from the main story in a, in a lot of ways. But they, yeah, they are killing off the constituent parts of the chain. So, the the dentist that is taking them out of the mine workers' teeth, they kill off with a scorpion at the start. There's a which, which is quite an unreliable way of killing us. So it's like there's just as much chance that he didn't sting him. Yeah, he, he might not die from that sting. You don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, he could have just been dancing around, going, "Ooh, it tickles." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they are like, "Well, this would definitely kill him, right?" Like. <laughs> Right. Just <laughs> assume that it does the job. You know, and you, and, 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 and you, and you, and you drag, they drag his body behind a rock anyway. They could have just fucking shot him. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know why. 
<laughs> he didn't know he was bitten by the bug, you know. Yeah, but yeah, he wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't be able to say that line, would they? Like, so... yeah. <laughs> um... Because it's a last minute change. They were originally going to shove the scorpion in his mouth. Ooh. Yeah, that was a bit too gruesome, I think. But that's exactly it. They were a bit concerned about ratings. But, yeah. It, you know, so they kill. They also go on to kill off the but it, but, it, but it was the, like, the oldest trick in the book, like, oh! <laughs> it was like. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's, it's like to find he wasn't an actor. It is. Oh. It, it, it it is a quite gullible way. It's like, oh, well, cool. Let me have a look. It's like the two random guys, two shifty yeah. looking guys, who I'm doing something shifty with. Because you can with. do really effective dental work yeah. in like Twilight. Yeah. Think so. Didn't he actually say what the problem was? Oh yeah, I've not had my wisdom Moses. teeth. Oh yeah. Oh, I will get him to take him. Uh, not known as wisdom teeth. <laughs> the wisdom teeth. That was. Yeah. It. Let me have a look. What are you going to do? You're not going to just. <laughs> Take that there and then, are you? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Is it safe? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, nothing safe for those two around. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I do enjoy their presence. I like, I think they're one of the most memorable parts of the film. Like even the little theme tune. Like, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's the thing I always remember when I think of like even when, even just. Someone says randomly, someone on the street, or down so forever, in the back of my head, always plays their theme tune. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, absolutely. they are my, what one of my f- uh, favourite elements of the film, though I do think they're not given enough to do. They just kind of. It, it's not screen time, it's it's the disconnect from the, the main villain. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, very rare. You don't see their henchman anywhere near the villain. So I don't mind that so much, but it's just there was it just felt like there was just like I think it's the, the problem with the film itself. It just it kind it kind of gets there there, and it, you think by the end, hang on, they didn't really do much at all, really. Like yeah. like the, the strong presence in the first half, then they kind of pop up later on, and then that's it until the very last end of the scene. Which by then, by then you think. Why the fuck are they even there? The bosses kill. Like they just go. All right, we'll go and find work somewhere else. You know what I mean? Why? Why are they like? Well, we really must seek vengeance. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a bit just weird. Yeah, I just yeah. But there you are. Then also, like we've got, we'll talk about them a little bit later on. But also, we've got like Bambi and Thumper as well. Another of the famous films, famous duos, um, and they kind of stand out. You know, people associate diamonds with those two as well. And yet they have like they're on screen for like, I don't know, five ten minutes or something. Not even that. It's one scene, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's just one scene, and it's just like, well, why? Well, I I remember them. I and they they spend most of that doing like gymnastics. Yeah, exactly. They still put in like memorable performances. Because if you're going to kick someone in the face, you you need to do about eight forward rolls first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, they're quite memorable. But also, it's like, what's the, you know, they didn't do much. So they yeah. do what they do in a sort of pretty way, and they're very skilled at it. But it's like, what's the point? They launch into they do launch into the plot fairly quickly. I mean, we're introduced to Winton Kid. It's made fairly clear to us that the sort of supply chain is being killed off, um, and Bond goes to Amsterdam, just as just as we see her, the old lady fished out of the water. Mm. His car's in the distance. So, so the old lady, she's like uh, a teacher to like small children, but she's also smuggling diamonds. Basically, yes. Right, okay. Kind of the diamond laundering, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would make sense because no one would suspect an elderly. No, it would be a Christian organisation, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. But, I mean, before that, we get the money penny scene, which is <laughs> in the field. That's like blinking you miss it. She's hardly ever in it, bless her. Well, she comes out to basically, you know, um, 
We are now thinking screen time. In screen time in the Bond series, we are probably about seven minutes on from the murder of his wife. <laughs> if you add them right after the other and cut out the end credits. I mean, it was, it was interesting. We're about seven minutes on, and she's going, Can you get me an engagement ring? <laughs> like <For> the diamond? <laughs> The the thing, well, just just while we talk about the the last film on Majesties, um, it I was found it interesting that P. Yates, like, I, uh, not, is it not P. Yates? Is it P. Yates? The, the director? No, the the director oh. of Majesties. Peter Hunt. Peter oh, Hunt. Hunt. Sorry, not Yates. That's somewhere else completely different. That... Um, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking. Really matter, does no. It? no um, okay, moving on. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he he was talking about possibly like the Tracy's murder scene being like the the pre-title sequence of Diamonds, and then like from that uh, getting shot, he goes straight into Diamonds, and then again you'll have like the the revenge-based plot after that, which I thought was kind of well, obviously they they didn't go with that, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, I I just feel like they really just ordered like done that so they they've already sort of read almost red content they're just like yeah we'll forget about that one you know like we've we've taken we've dealt with that in the pre-title sequence so mm. everything's back on form you know, know connery's back it's just it, it, yeah it was just a very weirdly done he's basically going to amsterdam to pose as peter franks who's the sort of next stage on from tiffany case in the supply chain mm. so he has to go and get the diamonds from tiffany case to take them to America. So he poses as Peter Franks. And again, we're getting into this era where Q provides exactly what he needs for any situation. <laughs> because basically, if I was going to go somewhere and pretend to be called Peter Franks, I, I would put on fake fingerprints just in case she's got a machine in her house and a specimen of Peter Franks' fingerprints. Because <laughs> that's the weird thing about it. It's that she's already got a specimen of Peter Frank's fingerprints and a machine to compare. It's a very big machine. Very strange. Very odd. Particularly in that day and age as well. Yeah. That, yeah. And again, if I was, you know, I imagine women who are hosting men they've never met before and don't know whether to trust. Answer the door in your bra and panties, because I think you're safe. <laughs> and wear a, wear a wig for no it's reason whatsoever. It's not even like... It's like it, it could have become like a theme with Tiffany Case that she wears a wig like all the time, or she has like a different like wig on for different no, occasions. At the end of the scene, she's ditched it. Yeah, literally, you, you, you don't even see her. You see the back of her walking out, think, oh, she's blonde. She walks out, oh, I thought you're blonde. Oh, well, bloody blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's so, so, something that I, I wasn't even engaged in. And <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably one of the worst. And it's just like, what was the point? Yeah, what was the, actually the point in that what, whole thing? What do you mean the one about as long as the collars and cuffs, man? I just think I say tasteless. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to any fans, you know, this, but I just think that's probably the worst. I mean, it's basically the... said to her, as long as your pubic hair is the same <laughs> colour. That's what that means. It. <laughs> sorry? They have to explain it. Well, yeah, you're saying it's tasteless. There's people going, well, why? What, 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 <laughs> going, what have cuffs got to do with anything? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I just think it's one of the worst quotes, sorry. Hmm. Yeah. You never know, she might have died of pubes as well. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> carry on. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, speaking about what do we think of uh, the, the the lead Bond girl, uh, Miss Tiffany Case? Oh, God. <laughs> I, it's got Tom Bankovitz's fingerprints all over it. Um, 
in the this film was originally written by Richard Maybaum first draft and then Tom Mankiewicz came in and rewrote the film and effectively they're both credited but what's on screen is more more Tom Mankiewicz than anything else and there's a lot of sort of sassy dialogue put in her mouth and she doesn't deliver it very well she doesn't totally fit a Bond film very well I don't like her very much I, I don't like her at all I don't actually. I think the main problem is her character her character is just like someone you can't really get behind because her role Emma I mean like she, she, she she's uh, essentially working for like the bad guys essentially She's part yeah. of that, and then she just like stays on the winning side, doesn't she? Really? Yeah, literally, she's like mm. only with Bond to kind of save her own skin, really. Yeah, yeah. really good. And really. that's about it. And the plus the fact that she isn't really brave; she's kind of dumb. Yeah, she's uh, she, she has a moment. She can't. She 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 can't fire a machine gun oh that uh, sounds so hilarious she just like, e- even though literally before she started shooting the guy she was meant to be shooting at just got killed off by a rocket launcher so it made the whole thing even more stupid it's like <laughs> it's like it's like before she like she's just like oh well, alright <laughs> she says keep keep uh, keep honking that tutor Charlie and you'll get a smack in the mouth in or the something mouth. like that and it's it's a badly written line. It's badly delivered, and it reminds me of Superman the movie. Say, Jim, that's a bad outfit, you know. And I just think, yeah, <laughs> oh Mike yeah, writes fucking wow. awful dialogue. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, you're it's right. Nice to be sassy, but it just doesn't it doesn't come across that way. So I mean, like, I, I don't mind like a, a character in it, but as the lead Bond girl, like, she doesn't yeah. have she doesn't have like a redemptive side i mean it would have been more interesting if they gave her that if she like was like if she in during her journey throughout the film she she kind of found a soul or kind of found a sense of purpose that is better than what she has been on so she, no she wants realization to realization at all is there yeah really? no um, um and that and that would have been like that that probably would have made it like something quite decent you know but, I mean, but the last time he was in the director's chair we got pussy galore which, however you rank your Bond girls, I thought she gave a really good performance on a black man. Mm. And all of the women in this are dreadful. Yeah, it's a lot cry from Goldfinger, isn't it, really, in terms of female? I mean, uh, we'll get to plenty of tool later, and just every line delivered uh, almost a bellowing volume with ridiculous amounts of gusto, and it's awful. Uh, but yeah, I'm not fond of Tiffany Case at all. Um, we do get a good elevator fight, though. Yeah. Sort of. Only in as much as... Bond could have just fucking broken his neck, but no, he had to take a massive swing back with his arm, break a bit of glass, and like c- completely alert him to what's going on. <laughs> yeah, but that's a sense of realism that the fact that it was a real proper fight and not everything goes runs as smoothly as you know, as, as they do in the film. So I, yeah, it's quite yeah, a dirty yeah. fight as well. Yeah, it it is. I mean, I, I, in fact, I think. Um, Watching it was like, oh crap! They actually do edited quite a lot of this fight in the uh, in uh, in TV because I remember it. I remember it being like a lot shorter and a lot softer on on TV, and it actually was a lot of quite you know brutal stuff with the gun and yeah. Um, so yeah, this is probably one of the film's high points: a fight in an elevator in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. And then he heads off with the bot. Oh, then then we get. But but before that, can I can I just. Can I just yeah. uh, 
uh, comment uh, on the fact that Connery's little trick of like, oh, I'm making out. Oh no, I'm not really. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That was like uh, I remember watching that going and going, oh, that's quite clever. <laughs> <laughs> Might use that sometime in the future. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah. Sorry, Dave. Carry on. <laughs> like I can confirm, uh, if you go I'll... to Amsterdam, and that's the Skinny Bridge. Really, is called the Skinny Bridge because the two sisters have built it, ran out of money. So <laughs> you can cut that bit out. <laughs> no, we'll leave it in. Uh, so... Leave in the silence afterwards. As well. <laughs> the moment where we go, I don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> Fun fact, kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do we think of the change of ID? But not only is it a Playboy Club card, because Bond's a bit of a lad, but he's now like. A but yeah, but he's if actually now he'd be on Celebrity Big Brother. Yes, but he's an agent in the Secret Service. But everyone knows who he is. It's like you've just killed James Bond. I was like, like as if he's like this big well-known established name like it's like it's almost like turning around saying like oh i've just killed tom cruise <laughs> it's like yeah. what really yeah. oh my god <gasps> and she immediately re- thought the james bond yes as well yeah. Not i like... mean if i found someone dead in a stairwell and i picked up their wallet and it said tom cruise i wouldn't go fuck me tom cruise i'd go oh that person's called tom cruise as well yeah, yeah you wouldn't go oh the whoever would you but anyway so that's bollocks then we get a famously deleted scene because these diamonds get up Peter Franks' arse and we never see that happen. Elementary. Yeah. So the the... <laughs> At some point, Bond has stuffed diamonds up this corpse's arse. <laughs> well, how arse he? <laughs> He's got a lot of cheek. Oh, but a much. All the arse jokes and all the, uh, all the fingerprint jokes, all the butt jokes, everything. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Dear, dear. So for analysis. Big <laughs> blue movie this. <laughs> so we we meet a new Felix Leiter again. Oh, Norman Burton. And not a good one. Hasn't he been in uh wasn't he in uh You Only Live Twice? He was. Uh, but not as Phoenix Leiter, obviously. But he played like some random dude in a in a court in a astronaut sa- um centre. Is that right? Am I thinking the right right, right guy? With the uh, Klaus Hergesheimer. No. We do have a lot of recurring characters in this film that we've seen from other Bond movies. Yeah. It's, um... I've just got imdb.com in front of me. Let me just have a little look. Okay. I like how you added the .com just in case we weren't sure exactly. Know, where. Well, she, does say, she says that every time she says it on previous episodes. So <laughs> and now I'm looking at imdb.com <laughs> forward slash diamonds are forever. Slash. <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, just this film, I think. So. Okay. <laughs> but there, there, there was like a little bit of a joke where he's in the car with gangsters, or like on the way from like to the funeral home, um, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Oh, like I have a brother too." Yeah. Small, Small one. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Fair enough. laughs> but yeah, this is so they're picked up. Uh, he basically give yeah the the diamonds are up up Peter Frank's. So they retrieve them. No, they don't. They leave them there and burn the body. That's right. But yeah, he's taking... In record time. That's so quick. Literally, it's like, step into my office. Awkward silence for about five seconds. Oh, here are the diamonds. (laughs) Frank's must have been hollow. (laughs) 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 Yeah. 
Or basically, he removed all the internal organs and skeleton and mm. just filled it all with diamonds. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't think too much about it, folks. <laughs> well, yeah, it's really bad. And, and all of the... And they, they've obviously been told, act like gangsters, so they talk in the most... I got a brother. <laughs> it's really <laughs> bad. And then oh. Bond gets smacked over the head... And put in a coffin. And this should be really, really tense. But it lasts, it feels like it lasts about 15 seconds. It doesn't, it's probably a bit yeah. longer than that. Because it is like one of the, like, uh, a nightmarish prospect of being in a coffin. As yeah, a... basically they're cremating him. And alive, isn't he? Cremated yeah. alive. So. Cremated alive. Well. But it's over really, really quickly. And we meet Shady Tree. Oh, my favourite stand-up comedian of all time. Uh, you going to Vegas? You go to see Shady Tree? Mm, not. <laughs> yes, Shady Tree and his acorns. Which, to be honest, I'd quite worry what he was going to show us if I went to see <laughs> the, to show. Oh, did you see? His well, there's acorns. Did you see his acorns? Well, not from where I was sitting. I was a bit far back. But, um... <laughs> What are the, the, the acorns are two women dressed glamorously standing beside him while he's got his arms around them and delivers really lame jokes. And one of them is Miss Tessmacher. Oh, shit. Really? No way. Yeah. No. This, it, this film really is like Superman, isn't it? Yeah, the one to his right or our left as we look at it is Valerie Perry. Oh, yeah. Miss Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher! <laughs> yeah. So Shady Tree just basically, it's all one-liners, uh, delivered flat and miserably. Uh, yeah. None of them particularly funny. And then he's, So he's Frankie Boyle, basically. He's what? He's Frankie Boyle. Yeah, he's Frankie Boyle, basically. Well, no, he's know. not really, is he? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Wind and Kid kill him in his changing room, his dressing room. Because, <laughs> again, they're killing off all yeah. the stages. Bond but, is saved from but the then, um, death because um, he's given counterfeit diamonds across, so they have to keep him alive. Yeah, but then they realise, oh no, it was actually counterfeit diamonds from Franks. So we need to f you know, find out where information we need to keep uh, Shady Tree alive and win the kicker. Huh. That's annoying. And they told don't kill him. Oh, uh, all right, well, we won't kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> Is it this point he meets Plenty O'Toole? Is that Dr. Father, perhaps? Lana Wood. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, to be... fair, she, she is smoking. But yeah, she my... She's got the most ridiculous Bond girl names. But my God, below, I think. my God, does she act like the biggest gold... You're a great guy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? You're, you're unusual, but it's like, what? You're, so you're a really great guy. Oh, okay. It's one of the worst acting performances in the entire series. It doesn't matter because it's fair. I mean, she acts like a teenager. She's like, oh, hey. Mm. <laughs> it's really strange. And so she asks, invites him for a, a drink. Yeah. You know, a yeah. drink. Not nod, wink, wink. Which is just basically they go straight back to his suite and start getting it on. I mean, he, we already met the, the easiest lay in Tokyo a couple of weeks ago. He's, he, he's done two minutes work in Vegas and he's away again. Uh, but it turns out there's goons in his suite. 
And uh, yeah, this is the bit where they literally throw uh, plenty of uh, plenty of tool out of the hotel window and into the swimming pool. Hence the famous line: "That's some sexually good aim." I didn't know there was a pool down there. Didn't know there's a pool down there, like a Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that was a good line, but then that's pretty much her entire thing. Later yes. on, she's found like dead, and badly. There's no logic to that no, at all. Because no, other than she's a sacrificial lamb. Well, she the... must have come in here looking for you. This is a bit later on. Well, get to there is a deleted scene. I don't know if you've seen this on the on the DVD of. Uh... No, I know this is the scene that explains it, but it, well, it's, it's still not really meaningless. It still really doesn't anyway, because it's no. like okay. So the deleted scene is uh, she snuck back in. Uh, while Bond was sleeping with um, uh, Tiffany Case, and then so she took like a uh, like did she take a handbag or took a purse or something like that and or or something yeah. to kind of yeah. like so she knows that who well, she you is. Think, right, Tiffany Case is at one level in the like food chain of this, right, mm. and she's got the next level Dan's fingerprints. And yet the person going around do, doing the killing doesn't know which one is which. You'd think, as the employer, they might know what she looks like. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. She, you mm. don't but, see her again until she's found dead in Tiffany But Case's why court. would she even want to go to her... To, why would she want to visit Tiffany Case? Oh, yeah, I'm going to... She's never met her. Yeah. She wouldn't wh- know wh- who it was. Yeah, yeah. I, She's well, just someone Bond slept with. Or was yeah, about. exactly. I mean, that I mean, like you could say, like she saw Tiffany in in her room. Oh, not in her in in Bond's room. She'd like, had to work quick. Well, yeah, she but, was only in Bond's room for about ten seconds, and that was in the dark. But, but even so, the, the logic of like, why would you want to go look for the guy you wanted to sleep with you met randomly one night? Why? Yeah, what, what's the reasoning for that? And it's even with with delete scene, that's not even explained. It's just feels very just like what why I don't, don't. and we don't understand how bond turns up there because at no point once bond turns up at her house it's clear it's her house hmm. but we're never told she's got a place in vegas we're never introduced to bond knowing she's got a place in vegas so you, you uh, that's very odd. we've skipped a bit actually we'll come back to that but there's a whole car chase bit Sorry, no, it's before the car chase. We are just skipping along this, really, aren't we? Yeah, but she's in the casino and going around and playing different games and all the rest of it, and they lose her. And the next thing she turns, and and he's like, don't tell tell me you lost her. And Lighter says to Bond, we lost her. And he looks gutted, and it cuts straight to her house, and Bond sat outside, and you think, well... How did he get there? What's the problem then? Oh, great detective work there, her. James. Where could she be? Well, you, in the very next shot, you're sat in her garden. <laughs> it's fucking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is pretty... I mean, I think by today's standards, you wouldn't get away with that shit. Like, there'll, also, be, there'll, there'll be people... Effectively challenging her to a duel. He hits her across the face with his um, glove. Isn't that how you challenge someone to a duel? I demand satisfaction, sir. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, it's just awful. Oh. Yeah, you wouldn't get away with that junk today, would you? No. Already, we've seen the, the ugliest side of the film because we've we've seen a lot of the casino and it's all like faded brown carpets and 
Wasn't there? There wasn't there also a cut scene with um, uh, one of the Rat Pack. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was meant to have a cameo, isn't it? Wasn't Christ, he? it would have gone into full-on Batman '66. Yeah. If you've had yeah. a cameo from him. And yeah, it's it's not even a good thing. It's just like you know, Sammy Davis Jr. was like was was nearby, was in Vegas when they were filming. So it was like, oh hey, do you want to film something? Oh yeah, sure. And yeah. That's a brilliant impression, Chris. <laughs> Thank and you. Up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, and he and he, and he, make, he makes a, he sees Bond. Basically, he's in the casino and, and like playing as himself, and he sees Bond, and it's like, oh, like, oh, a fellow celebrity. Well, no, well, yeah. well we we, 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 pre- we pretty much said, like he pretty much like refers to him as like the the ma- the man on a we- on the top of a wedding cake or something. It's like, well, that's not even that funny. Uh, so <laughs> very weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 an odd thing, but strangely, it would have fitted this film. <laughs> but uh... it just, it, I actually find the film really boring. Yeah, it, it's not. You know, it doesn't have. It's a bit like, I mean, when you look at, say, the Batman franchise, the original one, not the original one, but the, the 90s one, you, you know, I'd rather watch Batman and Robin than Batman Forever. Batman Forever is a much, much better film. They're both shit, but Batman Forever is the better of the two. But Batman and Robin's got that car crash quality. Of, what the fuck were they thinking? And this doesn't even really have that. It's just uninspired it's just dull and it's not it's not very well plotted not very well acted not very well written and we also get a bizarre car chase yeah uh i, I don't know i always find this car chase particularly boring i'm just like it, it kind of reminds me of the one in view to a kill uh with you know when they're having a chase against the the police in uh in San Francisco, oh, with, the, uh, with the fire engine. <clears throat> yeah, but when they, when they kind of have these chase these uh, car chases, I always kind of just switch off and think, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna switch off it's a not, bit. It's, it's not done really with any pace. It, no, it's quite low stakes. There's no urgency in there, is there? Really? And oh god, for Peter Hunt because he would have tightened it up a little bit. But not only that, the, the Bond gets goes into an alley. It looks like a dead end. But he gets the car up onto two wheels to get it through the gap at the end mm. of the alley. Now, they when they filmed it, they, I think they filmed it in Vegas. And when the car came out the other side, there were a lot of sort of gawking fans stood around. So they, they had they were like, "Well, that doesn't work. We'll have to do it again at Pinewood later." Now, when they did it again, they got the car up onto two wheels, but they did the wrong wheels. Now, I could fully understand that you've run out of budget or time or whatever, but leave it as a mistake rather than what they did to try to yeah. get around it. In the middle of the alley, the camera suddenly changes angle with Tiffany Case pulling the strangest expression in the world. Um, and, it, yeah, they come out on the other side like it flipped in the alley. Mm. And you just think, like, Peter Hunt would not let, have let that go, I'm sure. Yeah, it it just seems because it it it's fine. I mean, we've talked about how he edited and how like sometimes you cut to a punch with a, a right fist, and it was actually with a left, and and it cuts oh, yeah. to the one with he was left quite fist happy to leave continuity problems in. Because he said it it worked better, and you know what, the flow of it would have worked better. It just would have been like it came out the wrong side. Yeah, so what? It happens. yeah. There's mistakes in every film we ever see. Yeah, I mean like if oh, oh, we spotted it. Oh well, 
good for you. You know, it's like, you know, like, well done. By doing what they did to try and, like, think, aha, well, it's, you know, to, to rectify it, they just kind of highlighted the, the, the... And they just looked like a complete bunch of amateurs. <laughs> you know? And, I, I mean, I said there's a few place, places in this film where you just go, they let that go, and that's one of them. I mean, another one is the amount of people... James Bond now has developed the ability to knock people out by touching them anywhere on their body. <laughs> and it happens several times in this film. It happens later on when he escapes from that sort of facility and he jumps on the bike. And he, he, he sort of kicks the guy off, kicking him somewhere in the middle of his body and the guy's knocked out cold. And towards the end of the film with that crane, he pulls the guy out of the crane, the guy falls to the floor and he's knocked right out. Like, it's just in that facility, empty. are they basically faking the like a, like a, like another moon landing thing or something? Yes, they are. Yeah, That's it is. In the story. Um, which is again, it reminds me of the "How did you this get made?" podcast on "A View to a Kill." His <laughs> business portfolio is so diverse. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's this? <laughs> it's something to do with radiation. This place, and they're faking <laughs> moon landings as well. <laughs> and, you know, this is not even know about. You know, you will probably find if he'd gone into a sec separate section, it was a fucking owl sanctuary as well. <laughs> you know, it's really bizarre. It's strange. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, but before that, he meets Blofeld again. Ah, oh, which one? Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, well, uh, we we should we really talk like uh, the the whole build up of the film is meant to be like this big kind of Howard Hawks kind of. Guy who who owns you mean like Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes, yeah. Howard yeah, Howard Hughes. Hughes sorry, historic bringing up baby or something. <laughs> God. Anyway, carry on. Apologies for my uh, name confusion there, listeners, but, you know. Uh, yes, Howard Hughes, and um, he's this kind of eccentric billionaire, and he's, he's kind of not shown himself for a good few years, and he's like meant to be locked away in, in, in his tower and all, all mysterious. Uh, and it turns out to, he's actually kidnapped the real Howard uh, what's it? What's it, what's his character's name? Uh, Willard White. Will yeah. Oh, of course, the White House. Called the White House. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's 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 actually essentially he's kidnapped Will Willard White and and taken over his identity essentially. Um, with a very strange gadget. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> well, Q, Q Q can just make one anyway, can't he? It's like oh, I made these for Christmas. <laughs> and also, Q's a dirty old man, isn't he? Because at this point, right. <laughs> Desmond Llewellyn's about 57. And when he makes the later... Right. Blofeld has a voice thing that basically allows him to do um, Willard White with accent and everything, because he's like a Texan. Um, and later on, they pull the same trick with Bond pretending to be Bert Saxby, who's one of his henchmen. Again, another uh, henchman who's completely forgettable. Because what, what, we'll get to it when he actually dies... It's like, who is he again? Who is he again? <laughs> yeah, it's like, but uh... it's Bert Saxby, and he does the voice of Bert Saxby, and Q says, "Oh yeah, easy enough. I made one of these for the kids." And I'm thinking, how old are your kids? Dear, yeah, yeah. Oh, must have been banging it? away well into your fifties, knocking out kids. <laughs> Dirty old. Yeah, man. wait till you get to uh, Octopussy uh, when he comes down in hot air balloon. <laughs> oh, God, oh. <laughs> When he does what? But basically, when he comes down in high air balloon, like with all the uh, the gymnastic um, like 
soldiers that Octopussy has. She's he, he's right. like yeah, he's like kind of like oh oh oh, oh okay why <laughs> he's like kind of gets around all of a sudden he's like he becomes Bond for like a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah, but, but yeah, it basically Blofeld is set up in the penthouse of the White House, which is obviously just a casino, yeah, and a hotel, and he's talking whenever he talks into the phone he's got a gizmo through which he can pretend to be jimmy dean yeah it's like a voice changer isn't it so. yeah which is doesn't make any sense because i can understand when he talks into the phone when bond gets in there and he talks into the phone his voice you, you can understand the other end of the phone it might play as somebody else but, but how does it how does it end up sounding like but how does it end up in <laughs> in the penthouse? As soon as he talks into the phone, and the voice in the room is the same. <laughs> it's, it's don't don't think too too much onto you know these Bond gadgets. You know, it's, <laughs> it's Q Branch. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he goes in, and basically there are two Blofelds there. Don't so basically, the give, giving us the exact same information we got in the opening sequence mm. again. And he doesn't know which one to kill. Oh, no, no, it was Double Jeopardy, Bond, that was it. <laughs> I mean, fair, this, this again is probably one of the best parts of the film. Because it does have the moment where like Bond uses his wit and kind of uh, he kicks the cat, kicks the cat <laughs> and then just shoots the one the cat just jumps to. Uh, but then you have to pay off, like, with the, with the, with the cat comes in with the diamonds. It's like, oh, that's a real fucking black cat in it for Blowpole. <laughs> and it's like, right idea, Bond. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they have quite a civilized chat, considering his wife was murdered. <laughs> well, I think, I think, I think everyone wants to forget all that business anyway. Yeah, because uh, um, yeah, this scene, apart from that, isn't too bad. But again, it, we, we're getting towards the years of the you know slow dipping mechanism. <laughs> because <laughs> again, he's got a gun on Bond, and he thinks I'll oh, gas him in the elevator. Yeah. Which is just weird. Very bizarre. So he gasses him, and then Winston Kidd take him and bury him again. Again, like, he's not unconscious. They could have just shot him or done something. There's so many easy ways they can do it, but they have, again, with Austin Powers, you know, overly elaborate and easily escapable exotic deaths. It's, like, oh. it, it's, cr- it's a crap scene as well, him sat in some underground tunnel. It's, it is. You know. And then he comes out and cracks a joke about a rat, which ain't funny. <laughs> One of us smells like a tart handkerchief, and it's me, old boy. <laughs> I kind of like that because, like, I'm afraid it's me. Sorry about that. I'm afraid it's me, old chap. So, yeah, I'm kind of confused. What we? What was that thing that he rides on? I don't it's even know buggy. what that's doing. Oh, what? No, do you mean? What do you mean, Chris? You know, the thing is, in the tunnel, he sees that flashing thing heading towards him. Yeah, I don't know him. what that is. It just seems to be, you know, go, be going along. Is there something that cleans the tunnels? I don't know. It seems to clean it with sparks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's similar to, because you see that in um, The World Is Not Enough, when they're trying to defuse a bomb, aren't they? Something that travels in between the tunnels. I don't know if it's a similar sort of device. I don't know what it's for. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Any listeners, if you'd like to enlighten us, please do. Yeah, and well, I don't think they know because yeah, the, the thing in the world is not enough is to get them is to allow them to travel to certain bits of the pipe to do maintenance. Yeah, yeah maybe that's what it's. Whereas this is going along really slowly; doesn't seem to have an awful lot of room to sit on. No, um, and is just is creating sparks. Yeah, I mean, so... again, I mean, I mean, unless it's like something that's blatantly obvious back in the day. And maybe we're just not aware of. Not enough to know what it is. Like, but that—that that is just not 
what what is exactly that doing? I mean, I mean, we've watched this a few times now, and and I still don't know what the fuck that thing is. <laughs> it's just a pointless sequence. He escapes it in moments, and it it just feels like padding. That's just something really, and it, and it feels very kind of stupid. Like, like what, what was Wind and Kit planning on doing? It just seems like such a stupid way of trying to kill off someone you you really need to kill off. You know, yeah. Like we have to really make sure he's dead. You know, so again, well, we'll talk about the end sequence when we get there. But it's got the same problem then. But anyway, yeah, he gets out of there, and basically Q does his version of the voice modulator, so he can. Uh, Ring, pretend to be Burnt Saxby and have Blofeld and talk to him about Willard White. And so Blofeld can use very specific dialogue like he's fine in his summer house. Because, you know, just remind us all where he is. That allows them to go and get Willard White. He was somewhere in the Nevada desert in his, in his holiday home, effectively. Mm. And Bambi and Thumper are there babysitting him. Yeah, and they're basically just two gymnasts, essentially. Gymnasts yeah, because that's who you want as bodyguards: two gymnasts. <laughs> so, so, so I mean... yeah. So are they? They're, they're working for Blofeld, right? I think so. I yeah. guess so. Yes. I think so. The film doesn't make him too. <laughs> no. Basically, he's imprisoned there, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's so, under house arrest, pretty much, isn't he? So. Yeah, and so, you know, they've called in a couple of hotties. They could yeah. minders. So. Well, actually, yeah. no, not even that hot. I'll take that back. Uh... Um, and then there's just this really silly sequence where they kick the shit out of uh, Sean Connery for a while, throw yeah. him in the water, dive over uh, in after him, and then you know let him try and drown them for a bit. Which the, again the, is the... kind of dumb as well. I mean, like you're already kicking his ass. I know. We'll kick him in the water and kick his ass like. <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But he has gone there with Felix and some CIA officers. Yeah. Um, which is quite funny because then when they meet Willard White, they're in America. There's, a, there's a, you know, a dozen CIA agents there. And he says, CIA? And he goes, British intelligence. <laughs> Way to take the fucking credit. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. <laughs> Is it around here we get Blofeld in drag? Oh, well, you really like that, Becca. Come on, you really <laughs> do like. If there's like favorite Blofeld in the scene, this particular scene, not so good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, why? What's the point? Yeah, that was my. But I still don't know why he was in drag. I mean, I know he kind of walks. Because in this world, they're all celebrities. <laughs> it's like you know, celebrity Big Brother this year would be like Bond and Blofeld. How are they going to get on with their cooking? <laughs> <laughs> Making mud pies, double A. <laughs> yeah. 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 They make mud pie because that would be, you know, playing on some rip from their biggest hit. Well, but, fair uh, enough. You know, it he... seems to be to allow him to get through the casino. Yeah, without but, being unseen. Well, surely but he... he would be fucking nobody to the general public. But you can't miss him with that flowery dress, the big wig. The but, cat. but why would he need oh, to yeah, walk he through? To be, the... He wanted to be like, you know, under the radar. <laughs> it's like most, what... the worst way to go incognito. <laughs> yeah. But why does he need to be? Why does he need to walk through the casino if that is an issue? Surely, this is not like another like back entrance. He can just 
come out. I, I, I just... You have an underground tunnel or something like that, surely. Well, there might be a helipad on top of it. Who knows? Or just, or just maybe like, you know, I don't know, a, a back door somewhere. <laughs> I... It, it can be beyond the wit. I mean, if if Willard White had lived up there in basic seclusion, yeah, then there must be like under the radar ways to get to it and stuff. And clearly, he didn't know about it. Maybe, maybe he just thought, he thought no. He didn't think I'll put on some dark glasses and a hat. <laughs> maybe drop the Nehru jacket. He thought I'll put on a dress, some really garish makeup. There are yeah. Oh, I, I just think Blofeld just really like drag. Just secretly, uh... <laughs> a bit that way. But he, it yeah, makes he, it kind of less terrifying, though, because like, obviously, Ealing Live Twice was this really horrifying, you know, the scar down his face. And this really makes him into a sort of cartoon panto villain. I, d- I, d- I don't know. You've seen that image, he looks fucking horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to picture, like, Telly Savalas in this. You, you can't, can you? You can't. Not really. Well, see, he, he did this. Um, he did Diamond. <coughs> before, but, uh, before Rocky Horror. So maybe he thought, ah, oh, well, I'll give it a go. Yeah, this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he kidnaps Tiffany Case and basically heads off to... Well, the way Bond finds Why him... does he actually kidnap Tiffany? I know he basically says, oh, I'll have to accompany. What, apart from all yeah. them. Uh-huh. On his tedious journey alone. Yeah. In all honesty, listeners, we'd completely fucking lost interest by this point. <laughs> so it's, it's probably it's probably like told really obvious to us, but like we didn't really notice. Just oh, he's kidnapped her. All right. I must say something about the film that if we don't know, and we've seen this film multiple times, and a Bond fans, it is either you know reflects badly on us or reflects badly on the filmmakers or how badly it reflects badly on the fi- well, it reflects badly on us and the film really. Yeah, we, we don't know what the hell's going on. We're all, no. reasonably, we're all reasonably intelligent people, but the the, the problem is. I start calling up the clock and it's like an hour and 11 minutes in and things like that. And I'm, all right, okay, I'll get through it. And it's it's a very difficult film to concentrate on. The second half is really boring. It's just so uh, silly. The other thing is I did get another sort of Superman vibe uh, where basically they take Willard back to his penthouse uh, and Bond goes a bit business casual in his wear. <laughs> and uh, he's wearing like a big roll neck with a jacket over it. It's quite very 70s and basically Blofeld has given his location away to anyone who ever goes into that penthouse <laughs> because he's listed everything that he's got a map on the floor very Lex Luthor style and he's got all of his business interests like laid out and again we've got Bond pointing to bits and going or Oregon or whatever just so we know Bond's a fucking expert on the US map as well and then he says I forget what he says. Baja, is it? Yeah, Baja. I, Baja? I, 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 got Baja. I ain't got like, well, There you go. That's where they are then. That gives away your location. Yeah. So Bond flies out there in a plane, or, or gets flown out there in a plane, and very, very, very ostentatiously dives out of that plane in full view of everybody. Just blow the fucking plane up. <laughs> or shoot what's coming out of it. It... Uh, <laughs> And Tiffany Case is sunbathing and reading a magazine. Yeah, it's weird. And 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 Bond seems to like is really kind of. But what about Tiffany? Oh, we lost her. Like, well, I want to, you know. So basically, I get the whole point that Bond wants to go in there alone to retrieve Tiffany, or try, or at least try and save her before essentially just attacking it as they do. Because that's. I don't see why they couldn't. I mean, in the previous film, they fucking stormed Pitts Gloria. Yeah. 
Yeah, wouldn't they do the same again? Yeah, although I wouldn't storm Pits Gloria again. Nothing's well, no, up. no, but obviously not Pits Gloria. Cool but... they would cool if the last half hour of this. You know what I mean. Them storming an empty building. Like, oh, shit, wrong film. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, and right. basically, it seems to revolve around a cassette tape. Yeah, so... Be- <laughs> so... <laughs> Cutting edge technology. No, it was the seventies, don't you know? So, so wasn't the so, so basically the cassette tape's got like it's essentially code, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the launch codes are on that tape. Right. Okay. Uh, and well, well, and we casually just said difference. launch codes, but they we need are on that tape. But have yeah, we actually? They can fire it. They have fire. They fire it off to blow up some. Yeah, we should say there's a satellite in the sky. <laughs> All the diamonds. That's well, why he needs the diamonds to reflect to put the beam. On this satellite to create some laser to blow up nuclear weapons and things like that to um, effectively shit up the major powers of the world for reasons we don't. Let's be honest, we don't give a fuck about by this point. Just to yeah. hold them to ransom, you know. Spectre's all about extortion, so. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, he like, amongst many other things. Work this time. No, I mean it, the the guy who we got enlisted to help him do this. The the guy who uh, who Bond pisses off, Dr. but Man. yeah, like uh, Professor Doctor Metz. He he seems to believe it's for creating world peace by destroying all using satellites to destroy essentially all the nuclear weapons. But then really, Blofeld's just out to kind of out for himself. He's like, well, I'm going to show everyone, you know, I'm back, ha <laughs> ha, you know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Really? So, yeah. It's very not it Bond are uh, brilliant tactics because, I mean, if you've got a suit on, or, you know, plenty of pockets, and, you know, what you do is you get your tape and you hide it in the bottoms of a bikini on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... all behind you now. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, they've got to swap the tapes over because he's. He, to be, he was to be, okay. in, like a top marches. To be fair, right. so Bond did it right. He swapped the tapes and he and he gave Tiffany Case the the tape. Now, yeah. to be fair, on on Tiffany Case, Bond, yeah, like t- I I would be like, oh shit, so he's giving me the tape to switch. You know, I'll be like generally like, or 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 at least be like, what? So what do I do with this? So, do, do, have you switched it or haven't Give you? Give us a clue. Yeah. And not only that, if like Bond was over by my tape machine and goes oopsie and ejects it. And then scrabbles around on the floor for a few seconds. I might just say, "Can we just check that tape?" Yeah, it's it's just not very. Yeah, good. I'd like. Yeah, you, yeah, Bond, you put it in. Or how about how about Bond, you give me the tape? Yeah. Rather than you play around with whatever. If it says you know, best of Lionel Richie. You've probably got the wrong fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very sloppy plot device, and it's handled. Yeah, well, Blofeld's kind of funny with Bond in this. He, he kind of, it, this this the one where Blofeld kind of talks down to him. You know, like, like talk about the the bit where he's do the exposition. He's got a gun pointed at him, and he's pretty and he's pretty much like, so well, go on, it's a lift or elevator if you must. You press L, Bond, for lobby. You know, really kind of condescending him. Yeah, it's very condescending. <laughs> yeah, oh. um, but it's it's tired. There's still so much to do. It's like, well, get on with it then. <laughs> But he's a very odd character, Blofeld. I mean, I told us I kind of like him as a bomb villain, but when you tie him in as Blofeld, it just falls apart, really. Um, this movie. But, yeah. So yeah, I've lost interest by this point. He basically a pitch battle starts somehow. 
know, <laughs> and Bond knocks people out by wafting vaguely in their direction. <laughs> That's great. I love that phrase. Well, the bit where he just he just basically there's a guy in a crane who's going to lift um, Blofeld in basically the sea going version of a Sinclair C five. His bathos sub. Drop him in the water so he can escape while they all get blown up. You know, there's there's loyalty. And Bond goes over and literally grabs his arm and pulls him out of the crane cab. And the guy falls unconscious on the floor. Yeah, you didn't see him trying to get back in, do you? No, he's just, he's, he's totally out, honestly. He's face down on the floor. And then Bond starts, like, knocking Blofeld about. And we hear the 007 theme. And Blofeld's going, you know, you crazy, you silly oaf, and things like that. Uh, and then what happens? Oh, Tiffany Case fires a gun and falls back into the water. <laughs> Which Sorry. is just like, just, you know, just, <laughs> that's meant to be funny, by the way. We were supposed to laugh there. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it's completely stupid as the people she was aiming at had literally just been killed by the rocket launcher from the helicopters. So <laughs> it... Because uh, <laughs> yeah, they are, they, they, he has set off a balloon which has signaled to CIA, so they are attacking the place now. Hmm. Um, so it's just, and then Bond, so basically the whole thing's gone up. Blofeld has faced an uncertain fate, but it doesn't look particularly good for him. I mean, like, Bond dives into the water essentially, and Bond uses it as a wrecking ball to destroy, like the, the the uh, the, the, the the control room. Basically, he uses like Bond's little mini sub. I'm assuming as... that's the control room. I don't know. Well, I... the geography's not clear. That well, be... yeah, I mean, the whole film's it fucked anyway. But flying fucking everywhere. <laughs> but but essentially, but essentially, use use it as a wrecking ball to to destroy the the rig basically, and you would assume that the impact would have destroyed Blofeld as well. But there's just no. It's like he, he's last seen last time you see Blofeld, he's acting kind of like pissed off, and then he's never seen back. You don't get like a, a shot with the <coughs> no, with with the thing being blown up with him going ah, and then something like explodes and. You don't, no, you don't see him again. So, you? be like, so you'd be like, oh, right, well, that's Blofeld gone then, you know. And it's just, I, I, I do wonder what, were they planning on possibly bringing Blofeld back, like, sort of thing, well, we, we'll keep him alive, or... It's open-ended, isn't it? Because you see but, him going, oh, you really, you really got to be killed, blah, 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 but you don't see what happens, and I think this is the last time until the eyes only, I think, that we see yeah. Jenna Blofeld again. Yeah. I want up, not down! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I love the, the 007 theme normally plays over something a bit more heroic than somebody working some cab controls. Yes, it's a 007 moment, but uh, it's not very... But yeah, he, di- he dives off, so him and Tiffany have escaped. The whole rig goes up, and it's just before the laser is going to hit New York. Hmm. And they chop it off in the nick of time. Yeah, just in the nick of time, you know. I'd love to see one film where they had the balls to like do it six hours before. It's like, ah, fucking piece of piss, let's just sit back. <laughs> uh, just, uh, like, uh, there's a canteen on here, you know, let's just... Uh, let's coffee. Um, and then they go, they go in, I don't know what the next scene is, they seem to celebrate with a cruise. What's that about? <laughs> Somehow, won't they? I, I don't know what that's about. So Winton Kid can come and get their cup up, um, come up and... I thought you said kebab then. <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> well, it's just really weird because uh, we've got no like location. They were in the Nevada desert. Ships don't get very far from there. 
It's really <laughs> so. So we must assume that he travelled to California or something, and then. Well, yeah, going... I know that, but like, but there's a ticker tape parade going on. It, it's not. Why? It's not like the military returning home. It's not VE Day. It's not the Titanic. They've been given tickets on the on this cruise. You assume it. the whole CIA have turned up to wave them off because they're sentimental like that. Yeah, so yeah, like... yeah, yeah. A, a, a British agent and and a convicted criminal who really should be arrested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it must be some sort of crime to be complicit in stuffing diamonds up some bloke's ass. <laughs> I mean, surely that can't be legal. Right? And, <laughs> and and how exactly was Tiffany Case useful to she to the <laughs> exactly? Yeah, she shot herself off a cliff. That's how she. It's like literally, she like whole whole thing is like, Bon, have you spoken to Felix about getting me off those charges? Like, oh, James, yeah, like literally, James, that that's know? that's Can literally you put in a word for me. Like, oh god. What? Did you think for yourself? That's who yeah. you'd ask, wouldn't you? Head of logistics. Yeah. Yeah. It's just shit. <laughs> uh, they're, so they're now on a cruise on at, at Pinewood Studios, it seems. Yes. <laughs> Wint and Kid have got a cabin together, which I find quite funny given its era. I'd, I'd have just liked the scene where they tried to book the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a it's, it's a double you want then. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, they they're the uh, somehow they're like the porters they've got in, to and the waiter to deliver the food. So they deliver a bomber surprise. <laughs> and again, like if I mean, you think of like it, it, <laughs> when he delivers the wine, he's got like napkins and all sorts. Quite easy to conceal a gun. Again with the wine, this is how you know you're a villain. You know, if you get your wines mixed up, you know. Get, oh yeah, he did get his wines mixed yeah. up, didn't he? It's the same as Red Grant, you know, eating red wine he with did fish. Spot and a this claret. time, yeah, it's not knowing that Mouton um, Restaurant is a claret. But yeah. he's a waiter. Yeah, but if, if he's, he's a waiter, if I went to a restaurant and misframed a question, and the waiter didn't know, you'd be suspicious, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. No, I know. <laughs> he just no fuck all. No, I know. He's, yeah, he's not. He's not a waiter. So, how does he know? <laughs> he, yeah, but think so. He could. He, he, he could have gone either way. He could have like. He could have been just a waiter who just like was just playing with him. Like, or just like kind of like playing with him. So like, oh, bl oh, bless him. That guy's confused. Okay, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. There was something. like, oh, right. He's one of them pricks, and he wants to. <laughs> No, but he does tell by the aftershave. I mean, he yeah. actually waited to be attacked before setting, like, Mr. Kid on fire. Oh, God. I mean, he didn't just go, he, he doesn't know why. Fuck this and set him on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he could have gone like, oh, well. And, well, and like, who accepted the take into the film? Oh, well, the bombs, the bombs. She goes, eee! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh. Didn't it occur oh, to Guy so Hamilton bad. to just go, can we just do that again? That's the exact noise she makes. Because uh, I'll tell you what, if you were out with the one you loved or even someone you were just dating and the waiter started to garrot them, <laughs> you wouldn't just go and, 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 and another waiter started attacking, started attacking you <laughs> with like kebabs on fire, you would go, eee, yeah, it's... Ugh. Well, did, yeah. he, did he have quite memorable deaths, though? I mean, being set on fire is... 
Things that I, I don't. The thing I, is, how strong is that wine? Things that what? what? Like he breaks the bottle of wine and throws that on him. Well, maybe because of his aftershave. Twice I smelled that aftershave, and twice I smelled a rat. Yeah, no, but I thought he, I thought he broke the bottle of wine. Ah, uh, yes, very, what, very strong high alcohol content. <laughs> why don't? Why I want to know is why didn't he just, just okay, and just run out, and then then bomb would be like. Dickheads, because the bomb's about because the, the bomb's about to blow up in thirty seconds. Right. Literally, is they're on a boat. If this bomb goes off, there's a fair chance the boat will fucking sink. <laughs> just shoot him. <laughs> oh, I know. Through. Poison the food. Yeah, even better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even better. Simple. No, no, a bomb. Because if you're on, if you're at sea, a few thousand miles from land, a bomb, and you hide it in a dessert. <laughs> I mean, I know Connery's not in shape for this, but I mean, we, he's supposed to be a secret agent. He's still a military officer. Give him a fucking great meringue. <laughs> That'll sort him right out because he'll want yeah. it's red wine. It, oh, fucking hell. Jesus. <laughs> the film is, uh, it shows how much we've paid, how little attention we've paid to like the big beats of this film. That we're sat here fucking indignant over a cake. I'm sure there are big plot points we've missed out, but just... there probably are. But like, but let's face it, the film's missed them out too. Well, exactly, <laughs> this is it. It's so poorly put together that we just we don't give a t- oh. excuse our language. But yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. The thing is, I kind of wanted to be kind of uh, delve into the film's uh, positive sides as well as to kind of be fair to it. Okay. But we, 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 well, we, we, this has literally been a podcast like this. Is so shit. This is like. All right, no, Chris. Come on, let's be fair. Let's talk about the good bits of Diamond Are Diamonds Are Forever. I have to say, the United Artists logo on the blue is really clean. The gun barrel logo is quite good. Oh, it ain't. He really falls over. He's a bit more blue. Black, than black and white, where he can't stand up straight. No. So, so we. So basically, United Artists, which raised the false hope we were going to get a fucking Rocky film or something. Superman movie, nearly. Yeah, I know, but that's Warner Brothers, isn't yeah, it? United different. Artists yeah. did the Rocky It's different, different. So I just thought, Superman like, free more, I, like. I saw it and I knew I was going to watch cool. this. Yeah, that was it. And I thought, well, I'll be all right if this was Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. The theme tune, that's one positive, isn't it? We do like the theme tune, I think. Do we all like it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I mean, like, also, like, it's isn't it the last time we hear the James Bond theme as well? Uh, do you mean the 007 theme? Yes, sorry. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I get confused with that. I thought it was, but I actually noticed it in Moonraker. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it right. goes on a pretty long hiatus now. I mean, we're, we're researching these films and re-watching them as we go. I say this and then they turn up in, you know, it might turn up next week. But as far as I know, Moonraker's next. We have misspoken through the weeks. I've said pounds a few times where I've met dollars. And I said Nikki van der Zyl stopped voicing around... Uh, I think I said you only live twice. Now she's still voicing a bit in Moonraker and so on. So we will get details wrong, but it's the last time we hear it for a while. Mm. I think. I think anyway. Um, um, what else? Um, I, I, so I, I liked how. So, so far, we've got the United Artists logo, <laughs> which has probably been cleaned up for the Blu ray anyway. They probably, you know, used one written in shit for the original film. Oh. Um, and then. Um, We've got the we like the song. Uh, what was what else? Wind and Kit. Wind and Kit. Yeah, they're very memorable. Uh, I think on I, on balance, I come down on the side of quite liking them. They're quite good. Yeah, because uh, they are memorable. You know. 
Yeah. Mm. And, and I'm, 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 I'm sickly uh, wins uh, exit as well. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? I was like, well, so what does he actually do? So, like, did he grab both his arms and tuck him under his legs? Yeah, them he, he grabbed, he grabbed like part of his clothing, didn't he, and dragged it underneath, and then tied the bolt. Yeah, and then... yeah. yeah. I was like, "Ooh, I kind of enjoy that." Yeah, I know that that bit does. I don't like that too much. It's no, like, it's a bit cheesy. There's gay gentlemen like pain in their bollocks, apparently, yeah. according to the makers of this film. But yeah, it's um, winning kid. Uh, that's about it. I don't like the money penny scene. I'm a bit uncomfortable with the M scene and the way it's all edited together. I don't like the leading lady. I don't like the leading man. A bit where Emrose's eyes, that's quite funny. It, no, but not in the way you want, <laughs> no, though. not in a really good way. <laughs> it, it, hey, it, did, you, did you notice as well, when he first sleeps with Tiffany Case, uh, he's in his suit, and they've just thrown plenty of tool out the window. So he, And Bond is Bond being the caring, sharing character thinks, oh, well, at least I've got another woman here, so that's all right. And she's talking to him, and he's clearly undressing, and she says, there's clearly more to you than meets the eye, and widens her eyes slightly, and when you cut back to him, he's naked. Oh, dear. So I think the implication is he's got a massive dick. <laughs> um, which is just like, because, uh, you know, he's not only a know-all, he's spectacularly well-endowed well as well. And he's good in bed as well. Apparently. Well, it doesn't mean you're any good in Who'd bed. Who'd have guessed it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not size, surely. No. <laughs> Fuck um... Another good thing about the movie really is not, the anyway. end credits. Uh, what? Sorry? Another good thing about the movie is the end credits when it finishes. Oh, that How do we get the diamonds down? <laughs> oh, again, again, that's another little thing about um, Bond. Right? Oh, it's not really traditional for a girl to ask. Kind of, kind of thing in, in implying oh, yeah. that Tiffany yes, Casey is going to ask for Bond's hand in marriage. But, like, but, 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 but if that generally. Started did happen it would probably be for like so i can get uh citizenship in the uk and not have to deal with the shit yeah you can still be part of that uh point of view but just again just it just better. we missed the scene where her immunity from prosecution is arranged yeah it's like <laughs> it's, it's just uh, assumed it's part of an international smuggling ring that has caused a lot of deaths as well. Yeah, and he caused the extermination of major cities. And, and I have and, and, it's, and the CIA waver away in the ticker tape parade. <laughs> you know, providing pretty much fuck all to the investigation. And then you think, well, is the ticker tape parade for Bond? Like, well done, hurrah! But like, there's, the there's hundreds of people up there waving. Are they all thinking, why are we getting a ticket tape parade? And I, oh, I, I, Bond, I, I just think, celebrity. I just think it just happens to be on a day or something. And he's on. He did just got him tickets for that. Willow White got him tickets for that cruise. I, you know, generally, but nothing's explained now. So <laughs> it's not. Like, you know, all this is just assumption. <laughs> oh fuck me! This film's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I really tried, and thanks to thanks to our shifting schedule, I tried many fucking times as well. <laughs> and it's just awful. And right? we and we say that and... for about four seconds. Where is he? Revenge, great. Oh, and then we didn't get it at all. It just sets up the revenge plot that we all wanted, and it just didn't happen. I think the real the real the loss here. I'm gonna say this, but I think I said this similar like last week. But it's not really necessarily with George Lazenby, but I think it's with Peter Hunt. I mean, Peter Hunt really brought like a general, like 
he crafted his scenes as well. Yeah, the, no we talked about flowers last week, you know. Well, do Bond films need tons of flowers? Of course not. But where do you see any scenes in this film that, that are crafted with anything like that care or love? This is a really ugly film. And they, they go to Amsterdam, which is a, an attractive city. It's beautiful. You know, it, it's quite, well, I've never actually been there, but it's quite photogenic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've been you know, there and it's very pretty. Well, yeah, you told us that fucking brilliant anecdote about the skinny bridge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, if you, if you go on the boat ride down the Amster, um, you'll come across a skinny bridge. And it really was built by two sisters who wanted to visit each other every day, but they ran out of money. So that's why it's called the skinny bridge. That's true fact. Can, can I can I also comment on Sean Connery's uh, attempt at uh, <laughs> <laughs> an, an accent in from her? Uh... Accent. This was a little bit dodgy. So. <laughs> Are you you English? Well, we English? Are... I speak English. Who is your floor? <laughs> I speak English. <laughs> I, I that's quite, yeah, that's quite close to what he did, and that's not Dutch. <laughs> no. <laughs> no Dutch is spoken in this film. But yeah, I mean, it's just none of it. And it doesn't anchor itself in, in a lot of the things we know. I mean, there's no M's office. There's no Q's lab, really. Um, we don't have to have these things in his, the film. His but... little grappling hook guns are pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah, he's kind of messing around outside the White House. That's quite interesting. Yeah, he doesn't seem to think that elevator through, does he? Stands no, he on doesn't. Top and then he suddenly thinks, fuck, I'm going to get crushed. It's like, how hard would it be to get plans of it and just go, oh, it's just, there's no attention to detail in this film at all. And the, the, as I say, the, the line deliveries are, are really quite bad. Connery's not terrible, but he's not good. Um, I think we've got our first turkey. The heart's just not in it. I th- I th- but no one's heart feels in it. No. It's just, it all feels so tired. I know your budget's a bit lower. But you've clearly done a few locations, and you, you didn't have to do this. You, you could have found something a bit nicer, surely. Yeah, I, I, I think the whole attitude was, fuck it, let's just get another one out. And I don't think it was that much thought in bringing out something relatively decent. I think it was just, well, let's recoup. Just let's get the franchise back on track. Um, and it did, and it did. Yeah. I mean, it, it's back to... I mean, at this point, unadjusted, it's the second high. No, it's the third highest grossing, sorry. Wow. Uh, really? Well, yeah, because, I mean, Thunderball did 141. Goldfinger did about 125. It sits at about 116. So, I mean, they've arrested the slide. That said, the film's dreadful. They must know it's dreadful. And they're still left without a leading man at the end of this. Connery goes in saying I think so I, I don't know I think I think because of I, I can just see the reaction from other people go like oh great Connery's back Bond back on form yeah this is like yeah I love Diamonds of Forever we know this is a one off they've got to sort yeah. something else out for next week not yeah. next week in their time <laughs> next movie <laughs> next movie um, they, they've got to sort something else out again this is a little bit panicked. They, you know, they, we we talked last week about Lazenby and whether he'd come back, and you know they've they've got him lined up for this Connery, but he's he says in all the interviews around this that it's just this one that was the agreement. Um, so we're in a situation for the third film in a row 
where your the film is released with audiences not expecting to see the same guy next time out. <sighs> Welcome, Roger Moore. Hooray! Um, yeah, yeah, it should be good. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, watching uh, Live and Let Die. Well, Roger Moore comes in, in in two years, two years on from this, and he's already nearly three years older than Connery, anyway. So next, the next film is going to feature a guy five years older than Connery is here. And whatever you say about Roger Moore's aging and how long he stayed in the role and how wise it might be to cast somebody at forty-five. It's it's night and day on on Connery's last performance versus Moore's first. Moore is in shape. He's keen. He 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 goes at it with a good heart and and with a with a real effort. And it desperately needed it after this week. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. Diamonds is oh fuck it all. I mean, I think I I've got I think I've got more more out of it this watch than I. Had you still previous, haven't told us what? Previously, sorry. You still haven't told us what we're listing all the good bits, and we got as far as a, a logo. Yeah, you you pretty much named more. Like I, yeah. I like things that I generally tried and trying to be like a little bit more. Um, yeah, I tried too. I tried like a little bit more objective with it, and not just be oh my god, it's it's like down down forever is really bad. But uh, you know, I, just going through it, it's just yeah, it's just it, none of it makes any sense. I mean, the, we've we've. We've talked about certain plot plot aspects and certain other bonds and how it doesn't make sense. And it's like it's been fine because they're here and there, but here it's just all over the place. And then the, the film does not give us anything to kind of go on. You know, what I mean, at at least in Dying of a Day, it's just so fucking stupid and ridiculous that we we, we can just enjoy it for the batshit buffoonery that it is. But here, it's just. We try and see the positive. I mean, you had the really solemn ending at the end of Majesties, and now you've got a kind of froth and silliness of Diamonds are Forever, but it just it doesn't even. But it's not even the tone that's. No, the it's not even. It's the, no, it's the it's execution. Not... No, I mean, just everything. I, I know I've, I give the impression that I don't like the sillier Bond films, and that's not really true. It's, it's. Well, there's some truth in it. I think the problem is more in execution. If you give me a Bond film that genuinely has several points that make me laugh, that's absolutely fine. But what we've got here is very tired. And the problem is, if you turn the sound down, what you're looking at is very ugly. And if you close your eyes and turn the sound up, all the line delivery is quite um, obnoxious, actually. And so uh, you try to go in with an open mind. And boy, did I. I mean, I really did. Even though we were sighing about it last week and, and all the rest of it. The fact is, when the film went on, Majesty's forgotten. And let's see what I can get out of this. And but people, you know, but the visuals and what I'm hearing are, are so jarring, um, and some of the plot problems are so jarring that it takes me out of it very, very quickly. And I just wanted it over. And, and like, I watched it last week, ready for the original slot where we were going to record this, and then we postponed it. And I've just been putting this off and putting it off and putting it off. And then eventually today, it's like I've got to watch it. And I watched it through, and then I put it back on again with the commentary, just to cane through them both. And yeah, it's been hard going. I've I've really not enjoyed this at all. So, is there any more facts about diamonds are forever that you want to have any thoughts on what what happened with it, or why it went as wrong as it did? 
Well, it's Tom Mankiewicz's uh, well, We talk about how it went wrong, even though it did, it did really it didn't well. Really, it did very well. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Tom Mankiewicz, next time's out, gets sole screenwriter credit. Uh, next time out, we've got the same director. Um, clearly, the studio were happy because mm. they, they hire a lot of the same people. I mean, as I say, they've, they've got the same director who's done a very, very sloppy job here. And they've given Tom Mankiewicz a bit more room to, to, to stamp his authority on it. Yeah. Do you uh, think maybe did... the director's sloppy work was result of like a panic from the studio and dealing with a star who, shall we say, was temperamental? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I mean, because certainly the extras around this film talk of Sean Connery in very positive terms. Now, whether that's studio froth, I don't know. But I think it was Guy Hamilton who said that he'd never worked with an actor before who, when you do script conferences and talk about, he's talking about other people. He's talking about giving other people their point and their due and, the, and good lines. Sean Connery's actually talked about as very professional for this film and very positive. So I don't get the impression everyone was scared of him. But certainly his salary had up quite a bit of the budget. And I don't know enough about timescales as well. There was a lot about how they cast this and all the rest of it. Maybe it was a bit rushed, but there are quite a few scenes in this film where I just think, just do a second take. Just do another, just, you know. Just don't have just... Jill St. John going, eee! <laughs> I mean, that is just ridiculous. But again, the you know, if you pull on somebody's arm, they don't tend to be unconscious after you've done that. No, they're not just going to fall on the floor. You know, and it's just... It's just lazy. You know, money might be tight, but, like, actors and directors do tend to, like, rehearse scenes a bit. You must have known where you wanted them to go. And and just everything is so flat as well. As I say, it's certainly, at this point, it's the ugliest film we've seen so far in the series. Yeah, I think it's probably... These films were a lot more attractive than this. I think this is probably the ugliest Bond film. I think you're probably right, but I mean, at this point, it definitely is because mm. the 60s films look quite nice. I think from here onwards, some of the Bond movies do look better as well. So, kind of go, you know, it as a trough, yeah. and then, you know, we'll have more peaks to come. Yeah. Roger Moore adds a, a lot more light into the spectrum of Bond. Yeah, well, Bond in more media. ways than one. If you if you're gonna do a, a if you're gonna do I mean we say this is a Roger Mill film I don't think Bond is played that way but certainly the tone of this film being lighter and more comedic and everything else if you're gonna do that tone of film Roger Moore's better at it than Sean Connery certainly a Sean Connery who doesn't want to be there and I'm glad now it's over for him and we don't have to sit through any more of this I don't want to see Sean Connery at 42, 44, 46 never say another again <laughs> I was about to say that well, it's a bit different because. It, it it's at a different age, you know. It's it, it's a very different spin on a Bond film. I'm not a big fan of that film uh, as we speak, but you see, Connery enjoys that film more than he did. Yeah, he doesn't. He just doesn't play it like such a misanthrope. No, it, it's um, there's it, a bit more verve in it. But yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of the same people. Next time we come to review a film, which is going to be a while, um. Yeah, we might actually be reviewing Spectre itself by uh, before then. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, it won't be. The, I mean, we will do Spectre when we get to 
when we get to it later on. Um, it, we will do it in its correct running order, but we, we are talking about doing a sort of first response to it, aren't we? Emergency yeah. podcast. Yeah. No, we can't call it emergency podcast. That's James Bond. <laughs> we'll call it a, what, what do you call it, Dave? Interim, interim report. report. That's right, interim report. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but this, this, yeah, but, but now is the first time where we actually caught up. So, um, so guys, <laughs> I know I know we probably talked on uh, Black Hole Cinema before, uh, but um, what we're we going to talk about like Sipowitz's jizz again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought like, well, seeing this is our bo- uh, our podcast, quick thoughts on the uh, Nissan Smith track, even though it's like two weeks out of date now by the time we. <laughs> I, I for one like it because I'm a fan of Sam Smith anyway. Um, there are a few bits I don't like. There's a couple of edits I don't like, um, but I, I I would probably give it six or seven out of ten. Okay, that's very strong, Dave. I'm really trying to summon an opinion. Yeah, it's made no it's made no impression on me at all yet. Really, I, I've got to see it. I'm going to have to see it with its with the title sequence that's yeah. designed for it. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it in context as well. I'm with. I don't hate it. I don't particularly like it. It's we'll see. Chris, what do you think? I'm with, I'm kind of with Dave on this. Like I, I say about all Bond films, you have to kind of see the the, the song with the visuals that help to establish the song with the film as much as like the Bond. I mean, most I, I'm trying to think of like most Bond films, uh, most good Bond films have an equally as good song, you know, or the, or a song that kind of matches. Uh, the film itself. This episode, well, this film particularly, Diamonds of Forever, was uh, an exception to that rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, generally, you, you think of like, so Goldfinger is is big and brassy, and it matches, you know, Goldfinger itself. You know, uh, much to the yin yang, we got Dying of a Day, which is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, oh. just completely just ill misjudged and ill thought. Um, Sigmund Freud. <laughs> but um this just seems really odd it it i mean the the things i like about it which is the uh orchestra arrangement i think is actually part of the score itself and i don't think that is part of sam smith's song and there's no big lift there's nothing no gravitas and, and i suppose in a way it's a bold move but to kind of well, let's do something different. But at the same time, I I feel like it's half-assed. I really feel like it's like oh, I'll just I'll just do a, a slow piano song, and it's like well, could you not maybe put a bit more effort into it? Because I don't know, this Spectre looks like it's going to be a big, massive film, and the title sequence is going to be huge, big action set piece, and we get straight into the the big this big action set piece straight into. <laughs> and and and, oh, and no, on, nothing, and no. <laughs> Sam Smith just. Oh, it's you, Chris. Oh, I know, I know, I know. How do you do it? People at home must have just gone fucking <laughs> hell for a minute. <laughs> but no, well, that, 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 well, I, I didn't go to this all. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that that is my opinion of how he sings. Um. Well, if you aren't going to describe scenes completely like using made-up dialogue in the incorrect terms, then a song makes up for that. 
sorry. <laughs> we haven't had any Project Mayhem this week. <laughs> Project Mayhem. No. <laughs> the, best, the best name ever. No, no, uh, no plot exposition for me. Um, but uh, yeah, it 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 just it it doesn't float my boat as of now. I mean, I may I think I'll warm to it, but I I don't think I'll ever love it. I don't think it'll it will be. I mean, it, it was funny. I was listening to an episode of, uh, of James Bond Radio, and uh, and I think is it is it Chris one one of the guys? I'm I'm not sure. But I don't, I don't know till you say which what they said. But, 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 but basically, it's like one who had to change your heart about it. It's like I might have to uh, withdraw what I, what I said about Sam Smith's one because he came out with his uh, favorite Bond themes and one of them was dying of a day. <laughs> I was like, oh. but you know, but then again, I'm not sure what context it may have been that kind of like hipster. Oh, I'm so ironic. I'll pick a, a deliberate bad one, which you know suit sounds me to me honestly. Or it might just be he's really young with no like sense of history or anything. Yeah, or yeah, Madonna's been going for like fifty taste. years now and has had this really long career, whereas Sam Smith, I mean he's been around for a while but he's relatively starting new starting out in his career. Mm. So I don't know really. But um, have either of you heard any cover versions of it by like female artists for example? No. What? This song? No. No, I, I can't rec- I can't remember the names of anyone like particularly famous ones, but there are some floating around on YouTube and it t- mm. sounds very different sung by a female artist so maybe check it out and you Does might it sound better it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> in, in you guys terms maybe <laughs> yes yeah, well things so it, it might the song <coughs> sorry i had to cough there the thing is that yeah, the song <laughs> the so song the song itself might not be too bad if it just I, i'm sorry it may sound like a bit of an old fart but if it was sung a bit better and had an actual percussion to give it a bit oomph I'll probably feel a lot better about it. This is, these are the three things that I think the reason why people don't like it. Um, number one, um, Sam Smith's voice. Is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, no, he's got the falsetto, which, I mean, it, it throws me off as, as a fan of his music. Um, but the falsetto parts are a bit, you know, throws you off a little bit. Um, number two, yeah, there's no real percussion. You know, drum- it's a pity the Bee Gees aren't still around. No. <laughs> um, and then number three, you've got the kind of the week ending where there's no... There's no chord. It's just like an empty, you know, sort of. It's just really kind of flat on his face at the end. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember listening to it. I think right, well, where's where's the payoff? There seems to be no kind of chorus. There's no, no like uh, at the end, and that's it. And it's like oh, there's no I know. Beat. I was I was waiting for the payoff, and it never came. I was oh, like, and it just felt I just like. Imagined, like or hate the song, I just imagined like Daniel Kleinman hearing it and just shitting himself. Like oh, oh fuck, what do I do with this? No. <laughs> but for the thing so I don't think it's anything to work with. I think they, I think Thomas Newman has just worked, done his score, and then like, and they just like incorporated into that. Normally, they, they they write the song and incorporate part of the 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 song as part of the score. You know, or do sure. like a little take on it. it here, like the the big instrumental thing at the beginning, I I don't think Sam Smith had a fuck all to do with it. I mean, no. I I may stand corrected. But I reckon, but there is nothing. I don't think I don't see anything that fitting into the into the film apart from what is all what's at the beginning of the thing, which is the best thing of the of the song, really. We and never know. Come October twenty six, I'm sure we will. See I, I hope I'm proved specifics. wrong, but I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> but then I might be. I might be just being like. We'll find out, won't we, when the film's released? And yeah, yeah, I'll probably be wrong and. There it is. No, you well, you know. Listeners, so to summarise, listeners, 
we've done 10 minutes on we don't have any strong opinions. <laughs> yeah, we, we, have, we, yeah, that, we that spent 10 minutes going... no opinion you'll ever hear. <laughs> yeah, we like, spent 10 minutes going, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Bang, banging the table going, I just don't know! <laughs> I like it, that's for certain. <laughs> Well, I, uh, well, actually, no, I, I don't... Part of the uh, overtime, it will be part of the uh, canon and part of the personality of that film. And that's fine. I mean, I don't particularly love Lulu's song, for example. I don't particularly love Tom Jones's, but they, they just come with that film now, and it's what, fine. What's your least favourite Bond song, apart from Madonna's entry? Oh, I can't say uh, Dying of the Day? Oh. Um... Well, because that's just too blatantly obvious. Um... I used to, it's grown on me a bit I used to really dislike Lulu's because it's like no one's taught her to breathe before she does it so she's, there's lots of <gasps> during the song oh uh, yeah <laughs> love is required I, I, um, it's fun, it's comfy, it's fun uh, Moonraker's probably the weakest yeah I think I'd go of with that the Eon films, um, if you go wider than that never say never again yeah I'm not too good on that one mm. it's awful yeah it's <laughs> We'll talk about that when we get to it, though, because it actually sounds like a warped VHS. <laughs> oh, God, it does. Well, yeah. he does that as well. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me excited for a minute, because it takes me back to my childhood, and I always think I'm about to see Bond Yeah. <laughs> and, then it, and then it's not. You know, Bond gets to her bed, and he's like, right, okay, here we go. Oh, no, it's Bond film. Yeah, recorded on a Casio keyboard. Yeah, it's not very good, but that's got a horrible score, full stop. Um, the one that gets ragged on a lot is All Time High, and I don't actually think it's that bad. No, I can't. I kind of like most of them. Uh, I like uh, A Few Eyes Only. Um, mm. I like I like all the uh, the Timothy ones. The uh, I, d- I do all, like all the Timothy ones. <laughs> all the two that he both. Has. I'm not that fond of Living Daylights actually. I love I, it. I love it. License to Kill gets a quite a hard time, and again, I don't see it. I like it's it. So long, yeah. that's why. Is it, is it long? sequences are always about the same length. They cut them down. No, yeah, the, the song itself, I think, is like five minutes long or something like that. It's, it's a long one. But it's a good song, though. It's a good song, though. How can people concentrate for a whole five minutes? <laughs> no, I, I'm not a big fan of View to a Kill. Um, oh, I, I love View to a Kill. I, I do like it. It's, it's a great song, but I just like the Dancing to the Fire thing. I'm like, oh. But um, yes, it's a great 80s track, I think. <laughs> I'm just imagining you watching it and he sings Dance Into the Fire and you go, oh, <laughs> what's that noise? <laughs> and just going, and just you're listening to it, perfectly happy, and then he sings about Dancing Into the Fire and you just go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so cheesy, it's so cheesy. I love it. I don't I don't like the title sequences by that point, but... No, that, that's probably that's why it. I'm like, <laughs> um, I always think Goldeneye never really takes off. It's kind of nearly a good song, but it's got the same problem as Sam Smith. It it's quite slinky. Oh, no, I really like Goldeneye. I like it, but it just doesn't quite get out of second gear. Goldeneye. I struggle with, I struggle with Cheryl Crow because she can't fucking sing. It's a bad song, though. I, like, I don't mind the song, but she sings it like a fucking drowned rat. Yeah. No, it's a song, it? I meant a cat being strangled or something. It's really bad. Yeah. Like she she sounds like she's got a cold. On the day recording, and she just like. I just uh, think she tries to hit notes she can't hit. Mm. Well, not easily, sure. anyway. But um, I mean, most of them are fine. Most of them fit their films okay. And like experience of love at the end of Goldeneye, or now <laughs> <laughs> that's better than Sam Smith's one. Well, the Goldeneye. What? No, it isn't. 
The GoldenEye score is a, is a, is a story all of its own because it's horrible. It's, a, it's probably the worst score we'll come to in the whole series. Well, Eric Sarrow, we'll never forgive you. Yeah. But, um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> we're just naming Bond themes now, aren't we? Yeah. I kind of like um, Shirley Manson's uh, uh, Balls Not Enough. Oh, garbage, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> garbage, oh, brilliant, eh? <laughs> Obviously, the band's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> That's their name. That's not what they are. Um, but I, I think I think that that gets ragged on a lot, and I think uh, it's it's probably fair enough. I mean, I wouldn't jump to its defence and kind of see why people wouldn't like it, but because it is pretty much by numbers, the but I still kind of enjoy it. Really weird. Hmm. The music video for it. Oh yeah, yeah, with, with like Robot Shirley Manson Assassin. Yeah, very yeah. Um, oh. <clears throat> So. So yeah, yeah, there we are. There we are. In summary, diamonds are forever is fucking rubbish. <laughs> Fuck. In summary, it's not good, kids. Yeah, it, it, it's probably my least favorite Bond. I mean, like, think of it now. Like, uh, if I had to think, it would be at the bottom, flat out bottom, for me. It, it's not enjoyable. We talk about bits of it being campy, but they're not fun campy. It's just, it's quite a dull film mm. set in a horrible. And, and we fucking love Bond films. So, yeah. <laughs> should we should we quickly rank the Sean Connery Bond films quickly, or should we do that another time? Well, we're quite I'm quite happy to rank them now, but we will do a proper rankings episode at the end. Yeah. Um. So diamonds bottom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no arguments. Um. Oh, I think about now. Well, you only live twice is next. For me, anyway. You guys are going from from the bottom up. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, if we were going from the top and he started with diamonds, I would, I, I would, yeah, I, I would think diamonds is the worst. I would then say you only live twice. Yeah, I'd have to then say I, that. Then I would say Thunderball. Then I would say Doctor No. And I think this time I actually enjoyed Goldfinger more than From Russia with Love. Oh. I'd swap these two around, but other than that, I'd probably. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of with you. Yeah. We'll see how I feel at the end when they've sunk in a bit more. I've had time to think about them and who knows, watched them again. But the last couple of viewings, I've enjoyed Goldfinger more than than from Russia with well, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot slicker and a lot more like glossy, isn't it? You know, it's like. Um, yeah. But yeah. And by that point, the series had obviously hit the stride. So. Cool. All right. Well. You know, it, so, like, Guy Harrington directed like number one and. Like well, yeah, the best Connery and the worst. <laughs> yeah, and of course, a lot of people put Man with the Golden Gun bottom, or near to the bottom in the the Maury era as well, and Live and Let Die near the top. So the guy's pretty erratic, mm. to say the mm. least. What are we doing next, Becca? What's coming up in the coming weeks? We're not reviewing for a bit. No, we might have um, Charlie Brigden, aka Films on Wax, come to join us. Um, talk about the movie, uh, music of Bond. Um, we've also got a Goldfinger commentary coming up soon. Oh, that's as far as I've got. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also the uh, we'll do a review of Spectre as well. I reckon. Oh, yeah, Spectre review. Yeah. Yeah, and then and after that we'll crack we've on got with a Majesty's reviews. We've got a Majesty's commentary as well. Oh yeah, Majesty's commentary. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Look, they're having it off! <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a bit of a preview there. In the back folks. of a car! Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, you had to allude to that, Becca. That's just too. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't mean the, I didn't mean the hand job. I meant the. I meant okay, the... so where can you find us on the social media? <laughs> <laughs>
change. <laughs> uh, well, you can find me at Cinematronics on Twitter. Flawless. Uh, and you can also visit my website where this uh, hosts this uh, very podcast, which is uh, cinematronics.co.uk. I'm at the Pastor Kid 1976. I'm at RV Movies. Um, but for this podcast on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash expect us to talk. On Twitter, we are at expect us to talk. And you can also email us expected to talk at gmail.com. And that's it. There you are, kids. Have we had any mail? Have you had any mail at all since? No, I've, I've, I've been all female. No mail this week, Quite I don't think. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants to get in touch with us, please do. Um, send us an email or give us a call or if you'd like to appear on the show. Give us a call. Are they going to do that? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you guys think of um, having like guests on to talk about what they're, what about Bond films and their connection with Bond films and what they like and don't like about them and as their own sounds episode? Good, sounds good. Yeah, if we can stretch this out and fucking, you know, not even <laughs> <laughs> if we can just like drag this out longer and really test people's patience on the board. Yeah, okay, cool. So if you'd like to appear on the show Yeah, exactly. Let, why why let, not? Let let Becca know because like it's her podcast. Yeah. Yeah, please, you know, tweet us, post us a message on our Facebook wall or send us an email. Carry a pigeon failing that smoke signals, you know. Where would they be sending the pigeon? <laughs> I don't know. To our underground uh, just open a underground window, lair. Send, send, throw a pigeon out it, preferably with some message tied to its leg. Just hope for the best. Do it, do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm crying with laughter. Oh. This is why I enjoy podcasting with you guys because you make me laugh so much. It's hilarious. Well, uh, tonight you've suggested they either send us a pigeon, assuming <laughs> <laughs> a dress, or they call us. Not one of these people has our fucking phone numbers. In fact, I don't even think I've got yours, Becca. So, like, how the hell would we do that? Well, who right, sends who sends right, so either, right, guys, what you should do is either open your window and go, <laughs> hope for the best. If you've got a pigeon, you know. What, yeah, what stick your head out the window and shout your motherfucking head off. Yeah. Or dial in 11 numbers starting with 07 and 07. <laughs> There is a multi-million pound, multi-million to one chance you'll get me, Chris, or Becca, and if so, we might have you on the show if we can be asked to do those types. So there's a very, very high probability this will be worth your time doing. Or you can tweet us. Who throws a shoe? Come on, that's just silly. The thing is, you could smoke if you don't smoke. Though, just we're coming to winter now, and I'm presuming. I mean, I'm presuming if you just like fart. I mean, when you you can you know you go out some mornings and you can see your breath. It's quite you, chilly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that works the other way as well. <laughs> I don't know if like I, don't, I never know if I'm, when you stood at a bus stop if your farts are visible. No, just you. Just me. <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah, you know, if you don't smoke, just you know, fart in cold weather. <laughs> In the vague direction of the south of England, and Becker will pick it up. <laughs> I, I, I I am lost. I have no idea what the fuck is going on now. Oh, my tears are on down my face. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yes, good luck with that. Alternatively, tweet us at one of the addresses we've just given you. Obviously, nobody sends carrier pigeons anymore. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
Did they ever really? Was that a big thing? Oh dear. <laughs> Carrier pigeons. Summer <laughs> four. It's the future, I tell you. Morse <laughs> <laughs> code as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, even you know. Smoke signals. Stop off at a post office and send us a telegram, like. Ben. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook or Twitter or email, please get in touch. And we'd love to hear from you. Well, well I don't know about love. <laughs> or, or maybe just show show at a door, just like knock on go, Hey you know, if you don't if you don't write, we don't Come and visit our like our holiday volcano later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, I feel like we've I think feel like we've gone off topic here somehow. We're, we're not showing we the same sort of, we we're not showing that. the same sort of discipline we have in previous weeks, Becca. Actually, Shocking. actually, this episode's been pretty on the ball, really. It was only until like the end of it we've just kind yeah, of considering like. Considering we didn't really want to talk about this fucking film. <laughs> well, but all we did, we did it yeah, for the entertainment of. When we did it for the entertainment of tens of listeners. Ten, yeah, we've we've literally <laughs> got some listeners. It's a miracle. Yeah. Though, from what I hear, that those listeners really do enjoy listening to the show, so thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, yeah thank you so much for listening. Over. We've really got appreciate Australia, it. New Zealand, we've got uh, some UK. in America. America, yep. Canada, uh, Argentina. Yep, yep. <laughs> Even some Brits are fucking dumb enough to listen to us. <laughs> we, we, we are like Bond, we are trotting the globe with our listeners. Yeah. We are. We're quite popular where English isn't the first language. <laughs> 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 Those of those, those of you who understand the nuances of the shit we're coming out with, not so much. <laughs> well, I'm done. What about you, Chris? Yeah, um, I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> so join us again as G Specs and Talk will return.